right, here we go. Let's do this. <laughs> Showtime. Hoo, hoo, hoo. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Uh, welcome, everybody. Episode number 33 of a Random Draw podcast. I am your host, Daniel Mann. Here with me, as always, Mark Belial. Oh, uh, shucky ducky now. <laughs> no, I should have went to Dave first. I should have went to Dave first. Uh, <laughs> I knew it. That's even worse than it's your boy. I know. Well, I'll shucky you know, ducky now. Yeah, I'll shucky ducky now. That is my that is my tribute to Herman Cain. <laughs> he rest didn't in, need a tribute. Rest in power, Herman Cain. Uh, and also uh, Dave Hubbard. Yeah, I'm here. Next time, <laughs> it's me. Next time I'll go. I'll go. Forever moving forward, Mark will be last because <laughs> we have to put up with whatever obnoxious thing he says. It derails everything. I don't hate it, but it derails everything. It depends yeah. what he says. I do hate it. Listen, I could go back to it's Osh- your boy. Osh- no, nope. you're not going back to anything. You're continuing with something new every yeah, week. Yeah, that's, that's the bit now. I don't. That's a bit. I don't and care I, for this bit. I don't care. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you guys brought this upon yourselves. <laughs> I like it. I deserve it. <laughs> so if you're confused about what this show's about. This is I board, understand. Yeah, this is a board game podcast, uh, not a tagline contest. <laughs> uh, so we talk about board games and we give them anomalous ratings based on our terrible opinions. And mm-hmm. then for we, sure, yeah, we normally do three games a week, and then we have a topic at the end of the show where it's a topic, and Mark does all the work, and Dave and I respond to it mm-hmm. or tune it out, and then take all the credit, and then we take all of the credit. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't like, have it any other way. Yeah, and we're like, Mark, when are you going to do something for it's the show? A, one of these days, he's going to contribute. <laughs> In mm-hmm. some way, shape, or mm-hmm. form. I mean, what are you going to do? But it is not this day. It ha- certainly hasn't started this day. <laughs> yeah. Well, again. Oh, shucky ducky. Oh, shucky ducky now. Herman Cain said that? Herman Cain. Yeah, he said it. That was like his go-to catchphrase. Hmm. Really? Yeah. I you guys can't. never heard him just scream Why oh, I... shucky ducky while quoting the 999 tax plan? I don't know if this is made up or another bit. Yeah. Like, I... <laughs> Here's the problem. <laughs> Guys, U.S. politics was wrong. screwed up way before 2016. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I don't, I'm confused at the area that we're moving into. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'll just take your word for it and never do any research. Anyway, no, so, trust So this me. is a board game so podcast. So this is a board game podcast. <laughs> we'll maybe get on track. I don't know. So let's talk about Officially our Officially first... sponsored by Godfather Pizza. No. <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, so the very first game that we played this week has a title. I wrote down Paris Game because Mark said it so many times in French that I did not understand it. It was bad French, too. Well, it wasn't well, go like on. great French. Are you ready? I don't speak yeah. any French. So <clears throat> let's set I, the I could say things like, oui, oui. Let's set the maison yeah. scene. French bread. Mm, oh, they probably don't call it French bread, though, <laughs> Baguette. right? Baguette. Yeah. <laughs> La discoteca. La biblioteca. <laughs> what is happening over there on French that French side of the French Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> you know, La biblioteca. <laughs> Standard French. <laughs> it is a Paris le site de la lumière. Yeah. Well, and that is in Paris, English. Paris, city of lights. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, then. So it's a two-player game. Mark, this is your game. You taught us this. Oh, you fools. I can't believe you are going to let me do this. Okay. It's a well, two-player game. I don't game. remember any of the rules. I remember some of them. Some yeah. of the rules. Sure. So Paris, city of lights is a two-player game. One of you is the day man, and the other one of you is the night man. Mm-hmm. Champion of the day man. <laughs> <laughs> Which is all we can sing the whole, oh, the, whole sure. the whole game. So this is a weird tile placing area control game with interesting worker placement elements. It's it's very strange. Yeah, you're doing great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this Keep is, it up. This you is don't a... place your workers though, you place your chimneys. You yeah. do place your chimneys. And you place the can can girl if you're lucky. Basically uh, the way the game works is you have a deck of tiles that mm-hmm. is like uh, randomly shuffled. You just pull a tile and then you have to str- strategize the best place to put that tile. And each of you has your own deck of tiles. Right. So one of you is orange. The other person is blue. And then so these are all like on your little tiles. These are all 
little colored spaces that you'll be able to place buildings on. It's like a two by two square. Yep, that's fair. Because that's what it is. <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah. I mean. Well, and the coolest thing about placing these two is that the box itself is designed to be where you place it. Yes. It's like the yeah. city yes. grid. All of the, and it perfectly fits. Like it's such a neat design. The entire footprint is within the con- it was within the the confines of the box, mm-hmm. which is actually really cool. You're having a real time right I'm now. I'm having a <laughs> heck of a time, Dan, because I don't explain games because I'm terrible at it. Anyway, doing, I think you're doing good. Yeah. Thank you. So on each tile. Uh, there's your color, orange or blue or purple. Either one of you can place. And the first game of the, uh, the first phase of the game, you both take turns placing tiles or drafting crazy shaped buildings that you'll be placing. Termino, if you will. Mm-hmm. I know. We're into this term lately. Ever since Mark yeah. taught it to us. Any one term that makes me sound smart, I'll run it right into the ground. <laughs> I like to think, I'd like to think that that is like my longest lasting like, Con- contribution yeah. to yeah. our relationship. That is the real term, right? Because that would have been the ultimate prank if you're like, <laughs> if you just taught us wrong as a joke. We're just like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Because here's the thing. He could teach us wrong as a joke and we'll never catch on. What, am I going to look it up? <laughs> yeah. I like that it's taken you guys until just now to think that that might be the case. <laughs> it might be the case. Oh, no. Is it the case? I, now I have to, all right, continue on. <laughs> I'm going to just take a peek at the internet. So you basically spend the first half of the game drafting buildings and placing tiles, and then the second half of the game, uh, you spend placing buildings and then taking special postcard actions. Some of these actions include like swapping out buildings from your reserve to the general stock in case you made a bad decision placing buildings, mm-hmm. which I will. And yeah, as, as you do, you can also like add fountains or add additional street lamps that will you know, give you scoring points at the end of the game. Yeah, they're all little things to do to make you score more because ultimately you're trying mm-hmm. to get more points than the other person. Yeah. And then Rude. at the end of the second phase, after you've placed all of the buildings and you've placed all of your chimneys and used all your tokens, uh, you go on to scoring, and the person with the most points wins the game. Super simple. It is super simple, and it's actually yeah. done pretty well. Yeah, I had a lot of fun playing it, putting your your things out like you have a plan, and you'll like rotate your piece, and you'll be like, oh, I've built like a two over three up kind of a thing, and mm-hmm. there's a building that's that shape, and so I'll grab that. And then you go to place everything afterwards, and you cover up your own places, and you've put the wrong buildings everywhere. And that was then, my experience. With yep, the game. That's, <laughs> that's, that's also what I did. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then you get to the end, and Mark's like, "Okay, now you score all the buildings that are uh, touching, like orthogonally touching a streetlight." And then I look down and go, "Boy, I forgot about that. None <laughs> yeah. of those buildings, all those yeah. bottom buildings, none of them touch a streetlight." I remember the rule of streetlights <laughs> vaguely, but not it has to be touching. I like, <laughs> always was like, "Just build it around it." My favorite thing about like teaching a game is that I always tend to save how to score points last yeah and then you guys are way past the point of caring at that point because you've had to listen to me stumble through the rules book for yeah i'm past the point of caring by the time it starts yeah immediately almost yeah yeah so like it's never exactly clear on how the game is won (laughs) which is one of my favorite things about when i play (laughs) games with you guys (laughs) because the game ends and we're like let's count up points and then suddenly mark starts going over how to count up points i was like oh "Oh, i didn't do any of that oh Oh, no you mean you mean my lights have to touch my buildings (laughs) oh no i like the components a lot to this game like yeah. all really good cardboard and nice like solid pieces mm-hmm. and the little buildings are i don't know how to describe them it's like a piece of cardboard on top of a piece of cardboard yeah they're like raised so they're yeah. like textured texture yeah textured. i looked up tetraminos and it turns out he's right he wasn't lying to us I, i'm so impressed now i want to do it <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely. You're going to pull one over on us one I day. I am eventually going to do it. It wouldn't even be hard. No. We'll no. Say, okay. I mean, you guys went months thinking tetraminos was the correct word for well, it. Well, here's the thing. I also say that same thing about, like, if someone wanted to poison me. Like, you could walk up to me with almost anything and be like, hey, I made a new kind of whatever and just hand me a cup. And I'll be like, oh, really? What does it taste like? And then just drink it. Like, mm, I don't do that. I would be, <laughs> No, I'd be the easiest person I smell to poison. everything. Just to see if it smells like almonds. I mean, just to, if it smells bad, I'm not going to drink it. <laughs> Makes sense. I yeah. sniff it on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> I sniff the cup after I drink it. Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute, this smells terrible. Hmm. I gargle while sniffing. <laughs> oh god, what a nightmare. I thought it was really easy to learn. I mean, despite how we listen to rules. Yeah, that's uh, I thought it was really easy to learn. And then after we played one round of it, it was so like I understood oh, everything. Oh, completely. Yeah. yeah. And I like how there's more postcards powers than there are put out so the game can change mm -hmm. and alter yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So the postcards are definitely like my one kind of like design thing. I know why they did it, but the, all of the cool art for mm. the postcards is on the front. Oh, yeah, so and it's the, face down on yeah, the table. Yeah, and then it's face down on the table. So you don't get to see any of this other than, like, when you're pulling it out and showing people, look at this cool art, you know? Look at this art, you're not going to see the rest of the game. Yeah. yeah. Dummy. Yeah. <laughs> and the art is such a huge flavor of this game because, I mean, like, I mean, there are even, like, special, like, little stands, which are, like, the components for the stands, are, like, are totally fine. Yeah. But even the art on them is kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, like, you have, like, the painter. The painter. The painter. <laughs> You've got the Can Can Girl from the Moulin Rouge. Oh, which and is she pretty nice. is mid dance. Yeah, yeah, she's kicking it up. We talked about that. her bloomers are the showing. The Can Can. Yeah, yeah. And that, then we had to play this music from the. We can -can. couldn't understand what it sounded like. We all we made a to, lot of guesses. We all kept trying to sing things, and then it kept being Hava Nagila over and over again, <laughs> it which, was. which makes no sense at all. Super inappropriate for the situation. <laughs> yeah, because I think it's like da 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 da. That's it. And then we kept doing the. But we kept doing Hava Nagila. I've never seen a can can girl dance to that. You haven't been going to the right cabarets <laughs> or the right bar mitzvahs. Yeah, Either one. yeah that's the trick. <laughs> Mark, do you have more information about Paris game? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Paris City of Lights was developed by Devier Games, who also oh. published Espana 1936, hmm. and Holmes, Colin, Sherlock, and Mycroft. It was designed by Jose Antonio Abascal Acebo, who that designed a French name. <laughs> who designed Checkpoint Charlie, and the art was done by Oriol Hernandez, and this was his first game. He's Good a freelance for him, because like that art, art yeah. is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he is a legit artist. I yeah. looked at his website. Oh, he's like a real deal. Yeah, he's artist. like a real deal. I artist. guess most artists probably start out as a real deal artist, and they're like, oh, I need to make some money. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I'll, I'll design art for a board yeah, game. I yeah, like if, if the hustle them. is board games, like there's worse jobs out there for sure. I don't know. I'm don't not know. an artist. And couldn't design art for board games. Yeah. I, I, Mo I mainly due to that skill. first thing I said. Cut to 1943. A starving artist on the streets is like, oh, boy, I just landed this contract with Marvin Glass and Associates. <laughs> what oh, we, boy, you're not going to get paid. What we should do is each week we should um, pick a game and then recreate the art <laughs> by ourselves. <laughs> And then oh, we'll man. post it on Instagram. It's going to be a real travesty. <laughs> yeah. Like, here's the art I drew for it. Like, that's really bad. <laughs> Just like crayons. I have crayons uh, in my house. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I have so colored pencils. I could go highbrow. Oh, well, that's that's a little much. I, I don't know. know if I own a pencil sharpener We now. also have gel pens. I just found out the other day that you can sharpen chalk with a pencil sharpener. You could sharpen anything that fits inside that sharpener. I could sharpen Which... my pinky finger with a pencil sharpener <laughs> if I was dedicated enough. Imagine how sharp your pinky would be. <laughs> oh, very be, sharp. Yeah. <laughs> Wet, too. Just on account of all the blood. Point. Unrelated. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Ugh, I finally bought a knife sharpener the other day, yeah. and I sat for like 45 minutes, and I sharpened all of the knives. 
it is fantastic. Are you no, a knife guy now? Oh, I'm just I just highly recommend it. If you have get knives, all Damascus steel now. Just mm-hmm. buy a knife sharpener, and then you don't have to spend a lot of money on nicer knives because you can just sharpen them and they work better. Yeah, Dave's gonna go full on Hattori Hanzo. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> you're gonna sharpen your knife so much that it'll just be like a little thin shred of metal <laughs> left. Yeah, like it still cuts. It's fine. Don't yeah. you guys always cut things by tossing them in the air and then <laughs> slicing them repeatedly? Well, that's, what I do is like not everyone. <laughs> what I do is I cut a can in half, then uh-huh. I cut a tomato. Mm. Just oh, to man. show that it's still sharp. Yeah, obviously. for sure. And then I eat the tomato, my tummy hurts. I just picture Dave as like a sword master now. Oh, man. No, I'm a sword apprentice at best. <laughs> uh, let's rate the Paris game. Let's what do it, it. What is it called? Paris, the game of lights? De la no, no, what is it in English? Oh, Paris, though? the city of lights. Oh, the city of lights. Paris, the city of lights. Uh, Mark, this is your game. How many can-can dancers would you give <laughs> Paris, the city of lights, out of 10, but not using the number seven? Yeah, number seven is for cowards. Uh, friends. <laughs> <laughs> I will give this game an eight. I thought it was like Hey-o. super tidy. Uh, I love that it fit in the box. I like how easy it was to teach everybody. I mean, minus the scoring, which nobody cares about anyway. Sort of. Yeah, about. it was like it was <laughs> a, a lot bit. of fun. I had a great time playing this. And for a two player game, I'm not like always the biggest fan of a two player game, mm. but they have their time and place. And this is definitely one like that I would two players. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that is the time and the place. <laughs> That's the place is, wherever those two players are. What do we have? Eight players? Why have this two player game? <laughs> yeah. Like we, could work, we could work in teams of four. <laughs> yeah, so give me an eight. All right. Uh, Dave Hubbard, Paris, the game of no no, no. Paris the <laughs> What is it? City, the of, city lights? of Lights. The City of Lights. I want to say The Game of Lights. The game of but that's lights. something else, I'm sure. Can Can Dancers out of 10, not using 7. How many Can Cans can you give Paris City of Lights? I can give it <laughs> six exposed bloomers. Yeah, I saw mm. some ankle. Yeah. Um, I, I really did enjoy the game. It was a fun two-player game, but I feel like I got most of what it has to offer. Yeah. Uh, like, I would play a couple more times, but I don't see wanting to sit and play this much more than three to four times. Yeah. And then I'm yeah. pretty much good with it. But it, it's it's a great game. Uh, it was fun. The art is fantastic. The components are great. It's just not quite up my alley. We do have to remember that Dave is a noted Francophobe. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> means you French, hate the French, the French Dave. man. Oh, I dislike the French? <laughs> yeah. I've been to Paris. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. And I liked Versailles more. That's what I have to say about that. <laughs> So that's my hot take on Paris. Uh-huh. Like Versailles uh-huh. was better. I guess. <laughs> uh, Dan, uh, Paris, City of the City of Lights, City of Lights. Uh, yep. Out of ten can can dancers, how many would I give it? Not using the number seven. I will give this game a six as well. I don't like two-player games. It makes me uncomfortable most times because mm-hmm. I feel like you're just going after one person yeah. back and forth. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but I just don't like it. There's nowhere works. to spread the love. Yeah, I need to yeah. hate everyone equally. You, uh, <laughs> I've been wanting to get Santorini, and I, I kind of have been I like, had resistant. Santorini for a while. I have Santorini. Yeah. No, then that's my Santorini. <laughs> no, I bought a copy. Oh, then where's mine? I have no idea. We loaned it to Andy, and I never got it back. That seems like a thing that would happen. Andy. Most- even put on notice um, <laughs> yeah i give it six it's fine i i didn't hate playing it It was fun and the components are pretty awesome uh if you like two-player games this is this is definitely a good one and it's the art is out of this world for yeah, it. yeah i want to frame some of those arts do mm-hmm. we'll do it i'm gonna like as soon as i'm not gonna play it anymore <laughs> so do- now just photocopy no, I'm gonna it. play it some more. <laughs> no, I'd play it again. He knows yeah. other people. 
I really don't mean to be harsh <laughs> to this game. Like, I absolutely would play it again. Oh, yeah. It's a yeah, fun Dave game. Dave was extra harsh. I think it's just because yeah. you bought it, Mark. I think so. Dave likes to come at no, the He game. likes to poo-poo on your parade. It's he mostly because Mark constantly kept calling it a thing that I couldn't say. What? the? Oh, the Perry. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I Dave, feel dumb because I can't even say the title of the game. It's Perry okay, Dave. de la Muerte. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Paris, City of the Dead. Oh, man. I can't wait for the expansion. Ciudad of the... Speaking of City of the Dead, we also played Horrified this week. Good segue. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> Horrified is a game where you are a regular old person, but you are trying just like to... Just like in real life. Just in like real life. <laughs> no reason to play this game. Yeah. Just, like a, just play be yourself. yourself. Just, just be yourself. It's like that video game Extra Life. <laughs> no need. Or Josh Second Life. Second Life. Second Life. I was like, uh, Extra Life. Extra Life, whatever. Yeah. They're all the same game. Uh, <laughs> so in Horrified, you are, fi- you are trying to defeat some universal monsters. So your generic Frankenstein... Bridey Frankenstein, yeah, Loch Ness monster, Loch Ness monster, Dracula, Wolfman, Bridey indiv- Frankenstein, Indivisible Man, Indivisible Man, uh, who can't be bisected by normal you means. You can't bisect me. I'm indivisible. Uh, the Invisible Man, of course. So that's all the monsters, or no? The Mummy. Did we say the Mummy? Oh, I didn't the say Mummy. That. Oh, yeah, I knew we'd land out. on the one. That and the Mummy. Say. So yeah, you are in the city of horrified creature from the Black Lagoon. We already said that. Oh, yeah. I said the Loch Ness Monster, I think I called it. Yeah, yeah but I understood what you're saying. That's it not Nessie. Thing. He's got no long <laughs> neck. He's got a short little squat neck. I did uh, know what you were talking with about. With little gill feet. We all know I can't name names. Maybe that's the problem with this show is you'll say something like that, and then I translate it in my head to like. Because you speak Dave. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. Loch Ness Monster. And I was like, idiot clearly meant <laughs> <laughs> the creature from the Black Lagoon. But I don't say it out loud. I just go on like, mm. okay, yeah. Because you've yeah. spoken Dave for I got so it. many years. You're fluent. <laughs> I yeah. get it. Uh, so you are in this city. Let's call it uh, Scranton. <laughs> Scranton, Transylvania. Nice. All right. And so there's an invasion of, there could be any amount of these monsters, right? Depending and on the difficulty, difficulty level yeah. is based upon how many monsters you're fighting and then what they are. Yes. So this game was provided to us uh, by a listener of the show. So shout out to Sean. Thank you so much for bringing that in. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So the, the difficulty of the game is dictated by... A, how many monsters, and B, the complexity of said monsters. Yeah. We were good with two monsters at the basic level yeah. and then very bad with three, three monsters that were more complex. More difficult. Yeah. yeah. I, I looked around the table and I was like, these guys think this game is super easy. Mm-hmm. Let's, well, ratchet, let's ratchet up the I didn't think it was easy, but I did think we were incompetent. <laughs> and then I was pro- proven right. Yeah. Well, I thought, Minutes later. <laughs> I thought we were competent the first round. And mm-hmm. then the second game, I thought then we were incompetent. Yeah. I was like, whoa. We had this strategy where we just sat there and let the monsters kill us. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it was a good strategy. It you, didn't end up well. In hindsight, <laughs> we did not. I mean, we'd want that one back for sure. Sure. You know? Yeah. I have feelings about this game. <laughs> okay. Sure. This is what we do here. Well, this I is did, a podcast, Dan. So <laughs> this, this is a safe space. <laughs> Nobody but us will hear that's this. That's right. So we, this is, <laughs> we've already said up front that we have trash opinions. <laughs> do I have a podcast patient immunity? Like you can't tell anybody yeah, else. Can, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is just between us. Okay. We're your well, therapists. Well, that's fair. Um, <laughs> have you considered your feelings about horrified might be related to your dad? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like all of my feelings are related to my dad. 
Horrified is a cooperative game. It is. We did not say that. Which, if you've listened to any other episode, we are very pro-co-op games. games. Uh, This runs the same problem with Pandemic as there could be an alpha gamer. Like, no problem. Yeah, I mean, it's never a problem in our group. No, no, but but it could have that problem. Yeah, it absolutely could be because everything's out in the open. Like, you see everything that's happening. And every character can do the same basic actions with the exception of each character has one special power. Yeah. But, like, just one and everyone knows what it is. Yeah. Yeah. One character has five actions. Yeah, I think I played the mayor. Yeah, she's on a wheelchair, so she moves faster. (laughs) That's yeah. (laughs) This entire city downhill. (laughs) Doesn't matter where you're going downhill. My grandfather used to say he walked to school (laughs) uphill (laughs) both ways. I didn't understand that. In Scranton, Transylvania. In Scranton, Transylvania, (laughs) you rolled downhill both ways. But now I know everything's downhill from (laughs) there. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't love this game. I didn't hate it, mm-hmm. but I didn't love it. It is certainly not my favorite co-op. If we were going to play co-ops, I don't know. There's something about it. There's like a, a stigma against games that are licensed, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd say. And there's some good ones and some way less not good ones. It's kind of like <laughs> licensed. You said that so eloquently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it reminds uh, me a lot of I'm like that weird relationship you have with like licensed video games. Yeah. Yeah. Where so, sometimes you got a winner and then sometimes it's like, okay. And yeah. Then like, other times oh, it's what not have great. you done? Yeah. Uh, and this was like just okay. Yeah. I mean, it was fine, but it kind of seemed like it wasn't made by people that make board games all the time. <laughs> I think that this is an entry level co op game. Like, yeah. I would put this as the same complexity as like Pandemic. Which, if you've also listened to other episodes, we're not exactly warm on Pandemic. Mostly because it suffers from that problem of it's a co-op where all of the actions are too simple. So on your turn, it is hard for me not to, and I I try my best to not do it out loud, but it is hard for me not to in my brain just go, well, obviously the best choice is for you to go do that, and then that next person to go do that, and like this would be the best economy of actions. Whereas you look at your Spirit Island co-op, something yeah. like that, and it's mm-hmm. like, I have no idea what you're doing. I can't even figure out what I'm supposed to be <laughs> exactly. doing. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. So here's a co-op where go go do, man. We're in this together. And like, you know, it's just a more fun we're in this together. Every time somebody touches their character on the board, Dave goes, mm? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you had, the first part of Horrified was getting used to Dave's withering looks. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you made why better choices. You, yeah. Why would you move there? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I wanted that stuff. <laughs> I don't know, man. The, the Wolfman's there. Yeah. I getting away from monsters i want to run away from the wolfman (laughs) but i do like how every um monster has a different way to defeat it yeah i thought that was pretty pretty interesting especially we didn't get to do much of that in the second game because or any of we we got (laughs) we really got got destroyed but like the mummy for example you have to gather enough like intellectual items Mm -hmm. to turn it into the museum and then like flip over the little scarabs in the puzzle and then have like move the puzzle around so that it numbers like one through six. Right. And then you have to kill the mummy. And at any point he could screw up your puzzle. Yeah. And like, I like that. Like Dracula's was you just go find his coffins and kill him. And then it, it's kind of anticlimactic though, because like, all right, you destroyed his coffins. Now you just have to get in a space with him and have six or more religious items or and whatever. The, yeah. yeah. And, and that's these, it. <laughs> there's dies. these unique like, dice oh. to the game, which I thought we were going to roll to try to attack them. No. And no, they only roll that to attack, to attack us. us. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Uh, like at least it's a guaranteed kill. It's not like you're going in there and hoping for the best and then keep sure. losing due to luck. Yeah. I did. I did really appreciate that each mon- monster functioned totally differently. Mm-hmm. Like even like Frankenstein and the bride. Oh yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Like they were constantly like working to meet up with each other on the board. And like for him, you had to make him more religious or spiritual. 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 
and for her, you had to make her intellectual, which mm-hmm. was like a low key like she was trying to be a doctor. Sort of misogyny thing. I felt like no, I she was trying to be a doctor. Misogyny. <laughs> she was trying to be like, a mother. <laughs> said some very inappropriate things yeah, to my did. wife <laughs> and Dave's wife. <laughs> about to which you got the appropriate yeah, glances about yeah. science and women. <laughs> and and honestly, I like almost all women are smarter than me, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but like I think I need to make that joke so to put my wife in her place. But it doesn't work. You've got maybe six years until Kira is smarter than you. Oh my god, six years would be like a lifetime. That's yeah. not even close. By the like, time she's four, <laughs> by the time she's fourteen, I can't imagine it's even an even playing field anymore. As soon as she starts dividing, she's got me. <laughs> I don't I'm know. Like, I have a calculator. Yeah, I'm like, uh oh, uh, no. But uh-oh. if like you put a division problem on the board and I had to do it by hand, oh boy. Yeah, in my defense, <laughs> oh I also boy. haven't. I also haven't done that in 22 years. <laughs> no, I can't even defend it. I should uh, be able right. to do basic things. Yeah, that's right. Fair. I should be. <laughs> I did like the art in the game. I like the art. The art was like this really cool kind of retro style it, yeah. i mean all of the monsters look like the universal monsters i think and... it would have been dumb if they tried to like make it modern yeah like, if yeah. any of the art modern i think I, it would have been like that. almost not pandering but like it would have just been dumb missed opportunity yeah like, i want the... that like retro like golden era of hollywood feel to it yeah yeah i mean even like the little inserts where you put like the on the the buildings like the uh, museum for the mummy like they're in like sepia black and white which yeah. is kind of mm-hmm. cool it's cool uh-huh. no i did have fun playing the game with you guys absolutely but if i didn't play it again that's also okay yeah i liked seeing the different monsters for sure i would play this over pandemic yeah <laughs> like if we had entry level uh gamers that yeah. wanted to play a co-op i would definitely choose this over pandemic i like the day. theme way more than pandemic oh, for sure also, I like- especially in modern times yeah <laughs> like yeah I was like hey are you tired of hearing about viruses <laughs> well i've got <laughs> a game for you news. <laughs> Oh, yeah, let me go. Yeah. Let me just go fight the mummy instead. Yeah, I keep I'm seeing. Not, although, I, if mummies attack and Frankenstein, then I'll go play Pandemic. I keep, see, <laughs> I keep seeing uh, write ups for Pandemic Legacy Season Zero. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's and all, I'm like, boy, that's, that's terrible timing right now for, I, well, for any of that. People said it's the best one, but I mean, it's so much pandemic. Is it more Pandemic? It's so much Pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, tell me more about Horrified. Sorry. Horrified. I almost did the rating. Published in 2019 by Ravensburger AG. Ravensburger? Ravensburger. I've okay. definitely never heard of that one. I thought you were okay. gonna say Ravensburg. Oh hold no! On. Hold on. Ravensburg I desperately is... hope that it was like a, a <clears throat> autocorrect when he was typing. Ravensburger. Because oh, <laughs> Ravensburg is a pretty big company. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Oh boy, Ravensburger sounds real lame. I would go to a Ravensburger convention. Ravensburger seems like something you would get in Baltimore. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I was like, I was formulating the punchline as you started talking, and I was like, mm. in Hamburg, PA, there is a hamburger festival. And I've oh been. man, I would love. I've been. It was a lot of fun. In Delaware, there's a s- apple scrapple festival. Yeah, nope. it's definitely Ravensburger. All, all right, right, we'll cut out all the stuff I trash talked on. No, I'm keeping that in. What else do they make? If Mark's right, he's right. Ravensburger. <laughs> yeah, Ravensburger games. Ravensburger AG. They also published the Quest for El Dorado. Hey, I own that game, which we talked about in episode 11. Shapes oh. are hard. Do we like it? I think we <laughs> liked it. How did uh, I feel about it? <laughs> Tell I, me. How I, I can't. Feel. I can't give you a numerical score, but because those were the bad old times. Oh, it's a yeah. oh. oh those <laughs> days. Oh, those days. <laughs> Uh, it's a deck builder. It yeah. is a deck builder. I do like deck builders. And yeah. uh, they also published the, the Castles of Burgundy. I have not played that, although it's been around forever. I think you can get it pretty cheap. So I hear it's popular. 
<laughs> I haven't played either. That what is do not I know? an opinion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was designed and the art was done by Prospero Hall. Oh. Which is a collaborative game studio in Seattle. Oh, wait. That's not a person's name? No, that is a group of people. Prospero Hall would be an awesome name. Prospero Like Hall. Arsenio Hall? Oh. It's Arsenio ooh, Hall. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's Arsenio it was, Hall's cousin, it was Prospero. Just, it was in the back of your brain, yeah. Dan. I knew it was there. Yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> it is now. Uh, and they also did the art and designed uh, Disney Villainous, Jaws. I've heard great things. Oh, I own Jaws. I've, I've played, played Jaws. Dave's played my Jaws several more times than I have. <laughs> like more than zero? <laughs> yeah, i played zero times. Yeah, I hear a lot of people love Disney Villainous. I do too. And then uh, Bob there's Ross, a, Art of Chill game. There's a Marvel, I don't know if it's Marvel Villainous, but it is a Marvel version of that. I don't wow. like it or hate it more than like the, with the Thanos? Disney one. Maybe. That's the snap. I told you everything I know about I it. I don't feel so good, <laughs> Mr. Stark. <laughs> Ashes. Is that your Spider-Man? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that kid's name? Uh, Peter Parker. Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite Peter Parker movie? <laughs> oh, I like the Spider-Man. <laughs> I really liked him in The Kingsman. <laughs> the Kingsman. He's really good in The Kingsman, wasn't he? <laughs> See what I did there? It's I, a guy who looks semi-like him and also has a British accent. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I liked it too. Let's rate Horrified. Horrified. How many Loch Ness monsters would you give Horrified out of 10 if you <laughs> can't use seven? Uh, I will give this game a five. It was not terrible. It's not broken in any way. It was not bad. It was not good. I'd give it a five. <laughs> <laughs> game not bad. Game not good. Five. Yeah, it was fine is what it was. I think it's a great entry-level game, especially to teach some co-op and how not to be a jerk while gaming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, how not to alpha gamer mostly. Yeah, really. Which honestly is a skill that that new gamers should have to learn. Like, don't yeah. be an alpha gamer. Don't learn it from old gamers because <laughs> we're not we're the best at, at it always. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, but I really like the art and I all the components were pretty good. I just didn't love it or hate it. <laughs> yeah, as judged by your score. Yeah, that's so I give five. Okay. Uh, Mark, horrified, out of 10, not using seven, how many Loch Ness monsters would you give? Horrified. Mm. Is it horrified universal monsters? I think it just said horrified. Okay. You don't have to check that. No, okay. Yeah, good enough. It's in there for posterity. Not posterity. posterity. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, posterity. Keep that in there. Oh, Um, yes. (laughs) So, horrified, I'm going to give a six out of 10. I liked the more complicated enemies that you're fighting whereas yeah. in pandemic you're right it's very much like one-dimensional you you kind of cure all of the viruses <laughs> the same way that's not true one of them's blue one of them's black <laughs> oh, one of them's disease. green or yeah. blue, red or whatever i don't even remember what the colors. it is a very good like introduction co-op which we've kind of talked about i like the flavor and i'm for the flavor i'm willing to give it up to a six for sure <laughs> i will give it up to and including a six <laughs> uh dave horrified from Ravensburger Games. <laughs> how, weirdest weirdest I, name. I don't like it. Uh, how many uh, Loch Ness monsters would you give it out of 10 not using the number seven? Well, I got to go. Nine. Got it. All right. Mark it. Yeah. Down, Mark. Move on. <laughs> I also give five. Game not good. Game not bad. Game five. <laughs> like, I, honestly, this game, there's nothing broken. It's not yeah. a bad game. It is just a perfectly average game. I think that it is semi-good for a licensed game. I've not played many licensed games that are actually okay. What's the best licensed game? Battlestar Galactica. I was just about I had, to say I had to get it, it out as fast it as possible. Absolutely. Spartacus Although, is also Spartacus. really good, too. I yeah. do like Spartacus, but uh, we're I talking like, about co-ops, and I, I like, guess Battlestar is a semi-co-op, so it was like in my brain. Sp- you can be co-op in Spartacus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you backstab we each together other. together as a team. I'm going to think about that. There's got to be some other ones that I enjoy. I'm sure there are. Um, Sons I mean, of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy is not bad, but it's certainly not. Battlestar Galactica or Spark. You play Sons of Anarchy for your birthday. Let's do it. It'll, be, it'll stick out with all the critter games I plan on playing. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
the critters. The, yeah, that's you know, one of the biker gangs. The critters. The critters. That's the. Uh, that's like the the kids on bikes. <laughs> the critters. Oh, look out for them critters! Oh my gosh, they're so racist. <laughs> Here comes a bunch of raccoons. There to go all alone. What is that? The crows fly straight. Oh, he's oh, doing I the theme it. song. Wow, <laughs> something <laughs> lying. That's deep. Oh boy. Why would you know any other words? I don't that? Know. I'm shocked. Have you watched that show? Uh, no. <laughs> Why do you know the words? Of the because theme song? for some reason, the theme song's on my trivia playlist, and the only reason it is because it's like a minute twenty seconds long. So I'll play it for that's a short so question. Weird, that's man. So weird. Yeah, that's such a weird pull for you. You're Yow. welcome, everyone. Yeah, sir. <laughs> So, oh, before we move on. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Let's do most underrated Universal Movie Monster and most overrated Movie Monster. Oh, okay. God. Name Universal Movie Monsters. Is this I know at least six one. of them. Yeah, I, know. I was going to say these six are I'm pretty much tapped yep. out. Most underrated. Most underrated. Do you want to do underrated first? Let's do underrated first. Okay. Do you have one? Because I have to think. Yeah. I would honestly probably go the mummy. Like, he gets the uh, least yeah. love out of all of them, I feel. I guess if I had to pick the most underrated, it would be the creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay. See, and I, that was my first. Uh, monster movie I actually saw was like the 19 the black and white creature from Black Lagoon way mm-hmm. back in the day yeah but that's the only what makes one him underrated because that's it what else do you hear about him no well, I feel like it's, he's had some remakes no you're thinking reboots. of Swamp Thing maybe that could be <laughs> oh there was a Academy Award winner Shape of the Water that's not it that's no not, he was a gill monster no. that's not it tried to watch the Toxic Adventure of Avenger one time because I thought that would be in that genre was not turn no, that movie that's off Dave, different that's, thing. A, that's a trauma film yeah. stay, away, stay away from those what's yours know. is it Dragon Dracula, Mark. No. Underrated is definitely the Invisible Man for sure. Is it because you can't see him? Is he underrated or understated? That's I the most like, perverted one. Yeah. For sure. I think like the reason why it's under underrated, buckle up, we're going to get all psychological. Oh, I already all right. don't like it. Is because it really asks the question, what would a normal person do if you could get away with literally anything? I would literally do anything. It yes. asks, it you asks yes. it right there in the title. If integrity is no. what you're doing when people can't see you, how much integrity does a person have if you are invisible? If I was invisible, I'd be super duper rich. Because I would have Because I would rob everyone. everything. <laughs> You'd be good at thieving. I'd be have everything. So that's underrated for me. What's over? Oh, Wait. Dracula. Dracula's overrated. overrated. Yeah, yeah, Dracula's everywhere. He's, yeah. Uh, he's had how many movies slash TV shows slash everything else? He's in a Netflix series right now. I like that Netflix series. Well, he the point pops is, he's, out of a wolf. He's got too much. He does climb <laughs> out of a, a wolf. That's a two for one. Yeah, that's you watch that, Dave. I turned it off at that point. <laughs> Wait, what? I, not, I started. He watching turned it, it off when he crawled out of a wolf. Yep, that was I'm my not, breaking point. I'm not familiar with this show. Oh uh, yeah, it's like a what, it's BBC adaptation of Dracula. What's it yeah. called? I believe it's just called Dracula. Yeah. Oh, so creative. He crawls out of a wolf at one point. Apparently, that was too much for old Sauce Boy over there. <laughs> I much prefer the Dracula from Castlevania. Oh, yeah, I didn't watch that. Alucard. Yeah, that anime bothers me less. I, if I'm... Alucard. If I'm doing vampires, I'm doing the things we do in the shadows. That one's good. That's my you know what? Good. That is my favorite yeah. version <laughs> of Dracula <laughs> and vampires in general. Fantastic. Yeah, give me uh, give me Dracula's overrated for sure. All yeah. right, we did I, it. We did it. Right. Let's. Just well, you didn't. On. What was yours, Dan? You didn't uh, say they're what? all Dracula. They're all the swamp <laughs> <Okay>. thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sweep it. They're all swamp thing. I don't think about this ever, so I also didn't put much thought into it just now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever includes now the mummy because of Brendan Fraser. I liked that movie. No, you didn't. It was better than you, Monkey Bones. When's the last time you saw it? Oh, what's your What's the best years? Brendan Fraser I think, movie? I think that's the problem. Like two, three years. What's the best Brendan Fraser movie? Uh, Monkey Bones. Casino Man. <laughs> 
What's the one where he goes to where he's uh, with the devil and it's uh, bedazzled? Yeah, bedeviled, that's, bedeviled, not bedazzled. That's, that's a different one. movie. <laughs> now the best Brendan Fraser movie is the two episodes of Scrubs he was in as, nope. as uh, absolutely not the nope. main character. I will brother. suffer no Scrubs on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know you guys. Hate Nothing it. much like Dungeon Pets. We don't talk about Scrubs on this scrubs podcast. Unreal, I can't thing. wait to review Dungeon Pets. Well, we never We're never going to do it. So your own podcast. Welcome to the Dungeon Pets podcast. It's your host, Walking Beans Hubbard. All Dungeon Beans, all Dungeon Beans, Dungeon Beans. Beans. <laughs> it's me, Dungeon Beans Hubbard. Well, that's just how the Dungeon Beans drop. <laughs> it's terrible. Love it. Uh, so the last game we're going to review tonight is Everdell and the Pearl Brook expansion. So we should just say ahead of time, we were sent this as a review copy. We did not pay for this, but it doesn't really bar my judgment. That's not a thing, right? That's no. not how people Mar say my judgment? Could be. Bias my judgment? I would never say that. I will say whatever I think about a game, regardless of the cost of that game. Yeah. That I is mean, the point. Yeah. I am more concerned with... Uh, leading people in the right direction the point is that i am visible man we we, so that means i have integrity because people can see me people can see what i do (laughs) (laughs) that's true we can look at dave right now which means he has integrity he has integrity i know he has integrity because i can see his Mm -hmm. integrity clearly uh so everdale so everdale now we were sent this before the pandemic started right we've had this game for quite some time yeah Yeah. and well and we've also played uh, not just that expansion but that's the recent expansion we played because they sent us all the expansions yeah we have all the expansions we're going to cover the last two uh belfair and spirecrest in probably maybe the next two episodes mm-hmm. Some, somewhere around that we're going to yeah. cover it but we're right now we're just going to cover everdale and portlock so i got this at my house and during the pandemic my wife and i played a lot of it so i've played this game way more than these guys and, and the expansion so um but we're just talking about the pearlberg expansion and the Everdell best game. Yeah, and the base game. So we got Everdell Collector's Edition, although I do believe that's the only edition. <laughs> so, because I've never seen an Everdell like standard edition. Well, I mean, I've, have you seen that game? I would collect it just to no, have it. No, I, I need the get rid of it edition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the just passing through edition. <laughs> Everything must go. <laughs> So the collector's edition comes with uh, the 3D tree and the metal coins and everything. It's just a fancy edition. It's but a again, gorgeous game too. So beautiful. So my number one three, my my number one thing I wrote on this is tree. What do I do with it? Because like <laughs> you, you build this tree beforehand and it's it fits together okay, but it's like any other cardboard sliding into cardboard. Like some of the ends bend or whatever. So it's kind of a pain. So I built this tree and then I never took it apart to put it back in the box because it, it's a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. So I just have this tree sitting on my shelf now and I'm like, uh, I don't really want it there. But like, <laughs> whatever. So the tree. So in Everdale, you uh, are some sort of critter that lives in the forest and you're just building up your city. Yep. And that's why everybody has their own city. So there's a big board out in front of everybody. And this is a worker placement and tableau builder. Yes, those two things. Yeah. So shockingly succinct for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so proud of you, buddy. Period. I should have said period. Yeah. And then I <laughs> but then you kept of... reaching for more terms, uh, right, but yeah. you did it. There's also like cards in the trees. And the... <laughs> there are cards on I the know, tree. I know. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to uh, just build your city. And on your turn, you can literally do one thing. You have one action. The end. So you can place a worker out or you can play a card. I've said all of your actions. <laughs> uh, you can you can also decide to collect all of your workers. 
Yeah, that's the only... So you can do that three times. So you start the game in the winter, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then you only start with two workers or three workers. Three. Should have wrote that down. So <laughs> you start with three workers. And once you place them all out and don't have any more actions, you then collect your workers. So the cool thing about this game is you might collect your workers before someone else because mm-hmm. someone else might have still, still have actions left. It varies a lot. Some of the worker placement elements on there accept many workers. Some only accept one worker. So Mm -hmm. you might be waiting for someone to collect their stupid workers while you're trying to get it. So I should say... Looking at you with the triple berry. Triple berries, baby. Triple berry. uh, Berry all day. A, B, B. Always be berrying. So in the the base game, so everybody's going to have their own little creatures. And these creatures are little wooden meeples. And they all look awesome. Mm -hmm. They're all great. So good. So in the base game, there's hedgehogs, mice, squirrels, and turtles. That's what you get from just the base game. And they all look so good, different colors, so easy to tell them apart. Yeah. And then there's four different types of goods that you can get. There's twigs, resin, pebbles, and berries. And the best part about these is they're all different shapes and they're all different tactile feeling to them. Mm -hmm. So like the twigs look like little logs and they are your basic like plastic pieces. The pebbles are thin, like oval and very smooth. The they're red, so nice. yeah, the, everything the, feels great. In the this game. berries are like weird rubber. Yeah, they're so weird. They're like these little purple berries. When you see them, you're like, oh, they're just regular tokens. Then you pick up, and you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> <laughs> why is it rubber? It reminds me a little bit of like the coconuts. From That's coconut. exactly Absolutely. what I was gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, load those things up and fire them into the. And the resin is just like a real sharp, crazy looking yeah. um, orange. Yeah, the like resin. The, uh, the resin's the fire from Fire Tower. Is, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. So in this game, there's two types of cards. There's critter cards and there's construction cards. And those are what you're going to fill up your city with. And your city can have a maximum of 15 cards in it. That's it. It can never change. It can never go over. And it's hard to replace cards that are already there. Yeah, Mm -hmm. some cards specifically allow you to, but there's Mm -hmm. no just regular way to do it. Right. When you have a card, so your hand is eight max. You can't ever have it. And I actually learned a rule today when I was looking at the rule book that we played wrong Every single time. Really? No. <laughs> nice. So you can never go over eight cards. Oh, so if, you just can't draw oh, if you can't have draw. Gotcha. Even okay. if a, it says, like, draw two cards, you can't. And if you have to give a cards to somebody, you can only give them to a person that has room in their hand. Oh, man. Interesting. So that actually changes a lot. Several times. Uh, I can't but, count how many times I, like, had eight cards and then yeah, drew up and then discarded. Discarded, yeah, absolutely. Nope, we'd mess that up every single time. Uh, so on, <laughs> on each card... Uh, there's a cost of the card in the upper left-hand side. So for critters, you're going to be paying them in berries because they're workers you want to feed them. And then construction cards, you're going to pay with all of the other things. And it could be a combination of any of them. So once you pay those goods, they go down. The construction cards themselves in the lower right-hand corner have a picture of a critter, a picture and a name. And if you had played that construction card in your in your tableau, your next turn, you could play whatever that critter is for free. And that's one of the things that for some reason had trouble sticking. Like the first game, for some reason, I couldn't wrap my head around that. It's hard to explain at first because you're like, oh, you get this for free. And they're like, oh, okay. So as soon as I play it, I can play it. You're like, no, it's another action (laughs) to play it. Right. You just don't pay the cost. So on this board where all your workers are going to get placed is also an area called the meadow. So in the meadow, there's eight cards facing up. You can play cards from the meadow, but you have to pay the cost. They go right into your city. You don't just draw them into your hand. Yeah, it's like a combined hand. Absolutely. And so mm-hmm. it gives you like a little more variety of, of what you can have. 
you basically just go through this. You go through all the seasons collecting workers, and then whoever has the most victory points at the end game wins. It's just, it's yeah, really I, simple. I love so much that every time you move to a new season and you collect all your workers, you get extra workers. So like some of the, your workers when you start the game are actually permanently like up on the tree, mm-hmm. hanging out until the further seasons come. Because I assume we're all woodland critters that are constantly multiplying our population. Absolutely, absolutely. You as hit the spring, you mm-hmm. get Twitter pated, and you move on to more workers. <laughs> as, yeah, as the seasons go on. So not only are you just collecting these cards and getting victory points on the card, there's a bunch of different kinds of cards that you can play, and each card has a different like type of ability. So there's traveler cards, which are tan. They look like they have a little uh, hobo's pack on them. Mm-hmm. And those are like one-time use cards. They oftentimes don't give you victory points, mm-hmm. but they can mess with another player or they can give you a one-time benefit. You don't say. Yeah. Uh, there's a sk- <laughs> there's a skunk that you play into somebody else's city that's worth minus two uh, yeah. victory and points. I'm familiar with that card. Yeah. David. The, You're the, welcome, Mark. <laughs> the most prevalent cards in the deck are the production cards, which are green. And as soon as you play them, you get some sort of good from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you go two of the seasons that you go into, reactivate those. I've is- never played a game, though, where you went into seasons not as a group. Like, I thought that was such an interesting I it was mechanic. Such, yeah. it was, and it's hard, it's hard to teach new players. Because yeah. you're like, okay, well... I might have to go because I don't have any more cards to play, but Mark might still have two turns left before he goes. Mm-hmm. And, I, and the worst part about this is I want to call it go into decline yeah. because of root, but it's not going into decline. It's just collecting your workers for the next season. Yeah, It's really well done. It doesn't seem to slow down pace of play or anything. Mm-mm. Everything works fine, but it's just... You're waiting for other people because there's limited spaces and not all the spaces are, yeah, are worthwhile. Yeah, worse than going like to the next season and still waiting for somebody who's clocking up all of the berry Absolutely. spots. Yeah. So some things are harder to get on the baseboard, the board itself. Berries are very hard to get. Stones are very hard to get. So depending on how many players, you get these bonus little spaces for your workers to go, and they can give you bonus things. We had one where there was three berries, in, mm-hmm. and that's like quite the haul. Yeah. Yeah. That's You go there. Yeah, it's a good day of picking. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like uh, two stones and a card. It could be a huge variety of these different things. Mm-hmm. So they go out at the beginning of the game. The other thing that I thought was really cool is as you're building your tableau, you have these five different, uh, six different colored cards. Nope, five. One, two, three, four, five. You have five different (laughs) colored cards. And as you're building, if you have, let's say, four green cards, you can place a worker on this event that gets you three or four victory points at the end of the game. So it's just something else to do with your workers Mm -hmm. that gain you victory points. They're super conditional, too, because I think we've only ever seen like one or two of them come off that top. Oh, well, you're the talking t- about the, the cards. So that's the, another the thing. The cards are something else. So Never we're mind. Ta- yeah. <laughs> I jumped ahead. Yeah. So those, the basic forest events are the ones where you just have a set number of mm-hmm. whatever purple cards or green cards. Yes. And then you get it. So the, on top of the tr- actual tree, which has like three layers to mm-hmm. it, there's these special event cards. And they are super hard to get because they're so conditional, like Mark was saying. So it'll be like you have to have whatever the twig barge and the preacher or something like that yeah. Yeah. and if you have those two then you can place a worker on this card you get whatever the card says it's harder than it sounds because the deck in this game is enormous it's so many it's, cards it's just it has to be like four or five inches thick yeah. like of cards it's so mm-hmm. many cards and of course the more expansions you add on the more cards go into this deck <laughs> so it, it's just this crazy thing so that's a basic for the basic core game 
It's not really hard to play. Once you get going, it's mm-hmm. very simple to play. It can be a little bit of an engine builder if you get something going. Yeah, absolutely. Because these buildings, a lot of them have powers, mm. as do a lot of the different critters. And right. so if you get good combinations, then oftentimes you'll be able to get a bit of an engine going, which will help you then conserve workers. So that means you can take far more actions right. during a round than someone else who didn't get an engine going who then is using their workers to collect all the mm-hmm. resources. Right, because yeah. there's like the blue cards are governance cards. So a governance card, just anytime you build something, it will give you something. So or let you build it for cheaper. Like all these cards working together. And it seems like so much is going on, but it's really not that hard once you understand the, so the process. So when we first sat down to learn this game, I felt a little overwhelmed just because there's so many... So you have one action on your turn, but it feels like there's so much to read because yeah. you've got the cards in your hand, up to eight possible cards in your hand, and then you've got another possible eight cards in the meadow. So you're trying to read all of the powers and costs of all of these 16 cards. And then on top of that, you're also trying to look up at this tree and yeah. be like, oh, man, should I be going for any special <laughs> special thing to get to extra victory points? Uh, how do I plan so that I'll get more stuff when spring hits? There's just a lot of planning. And yet you start taking your turn after turn. And after a couple of turns, the mm-hmm. whole game really does make sense. It yeah, really absolutely. gels. And you're next thing you know, you're building buildings like a champ. And it's such a neat thing to be able to pull off a game that makes you feel like you have so many choices because you do. Well, in reality, the actual rules governing the choices that you're making are easy to learn. Absolutely. And it's one of those things where so you're allowed to have 15 cards in your city. So if it's your first time playing and you have done the winter season, now you're going into spring, you're like, there's no way I'm going to get 15 cards. (laughs) If I get to seven, it's going to be a good game. But the game does a really good job of ramping itself up. So you're getting more workers. Mm -hmm. And if you're building a proper engine, that's helping you get stuff that you need that you can't just get off the board. Mm -hmm. And it it just helps you ramp up. And then eventually, I mean, you won't always get to 15. And uh, sometimes you don't need to get to 15. Mm -hmm. But it it does such a good job of helping you along the way. Because in the beginning, you're just like, no way. Like, I'm not going to get there. And then at least three of the games we've played, I've gotten to 15. And in fact, one of them I was complaining because I was like, I could build another four or five cards. Yeah. But there was one game where I got to 17 because the way I laid the cards out, I didn't count right. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, "Uh a few extra here. Yeah. Yeah. So it does such a great job of getting you to where you need to be and helping you along the way. And in general, turns. Pretty quick. Pretty quick. The downtime is not bad because everyone gets one action. And oftentimes, by the time it gets back to you, you're sitting there going, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Like, Mm -hmm. I have this card in my hand. I'm going to play it down. I'm going to pay these resources. My turn's over. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty rare that some... I mean, absolutely, if you're like, I really need to get this berry, but then someone takes that spot, then you're like, oh, crap. Like, Or or sometimes... (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Or sometimes late game, you will have longer turns because your whole engine is firing. Yeah. Mm Because you do something and then you're like, okay, I did this, so that means this. This happens and I do this yeah, and, yeah. and depending on how it all goes like uh, some of that downtime is eliminated as the game progresses because people are finished like they yeah. are done with the game and then so really it just comes down sometimes to just like two or three people taking the last like three turns and that's even yeah. quicker so everybody mm-hmm. else just counts your score up and then you, you go about your way yeah. yeah I feel like there was one game where it was just me and I had like three actions left yeah. that I needed to do yeah. and I it was, was like oh everyone else is done <laughs> yeah. all right I'm gonna yeah. go in the kitchen and the thing that I, <laughs> the thing that I really enjoyed about this game is how once you have that foundational knowledge for how it all functions and how it all works together Mm -hmm. 
it's so easy to swap out those expansions. Yeah. And, and we should say that this is not a very long game. Like, you will finish this game in probably under an hour. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's not very long. Uh, your first game might take a little bit longer, but even adding in expansions, it's not mm-hmm. that big of a deal because it no. doesn't add a ton. It adds extra options, yeah. but that's it. You still do one action on your turn. Right. So let's let's talk about the Pearlbrook expansion. So the board itself is kind of like an odd oval shape. It must be a lot of like a palette, like a paint palette. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. there's a little indent where you put your discards. So in Pearlbrook, it adds a river. The river matches up perfectly with the side of the board. So the river board just unfolds, and it even like the map moves out so the roads carry on to this Pearlbrook mm-hmm. board mm-hmm. and it just it just seamlessly fits and it's crazy because all of the expansions do that like you mm. can surround the board with these expansions it's, yeah. it's awesome that that whole trend for like modular design in board games so good undefeated that's yeah. all I have to say about that so Pearlbrook adds a couple things it adds pearls which again a different tactile feel they yeah they like feel like pearls s- <laughs> feel like little pearls um, and it adds a variety of different characters. So this adds nothing to gameplay. It just gives you a little option if you want to play a different critter. So in Pearlbrook, you can be platypi, oxalotls, otters, or starlings. And then they come with frog ambassadors for every other color in the game. And the frogs are these big, like, little frogs. <laughs> they're like, they're mm-hmm. grande, papa. Grande, grande papa. frogs. <laughs> so the frog ambassadors are the only ones that can go to the river spaces. Yep. So essentially, your little critters have hired a frog ambassador, and he goes to the river to help you out. Mm-hmm. So along the river, there's these destination cards. It's the same thing as um, the basic events on the game. So if you ever have whatever, two or three green cards, your frog can now go and flip this card over. You get the pearl that's on top of this card, and mm-hmm. then the card will be situational. Yeah. So it'll be like... <laughs> Never worked out for yeah, me. Yeah, it, it worked out one time for me. It'll say like if you have three coins and two pearls, you could trade them in for three pearls or something like that. But if you can't complete that, Mm -hmm. then it just sits there. Now everybody else can see it and they can go, oh, I can complete that. So on their turn, Mm -hmm. if your frog's not still there, (laughs) they can go there and and complete it. And then in addition to that, everybody gets their own adornment card. And the adornment card is just a little special ability. It takes a pearl to unlock, but it gives you like useful ability and then a useful scoring modifier at the end of the game. Yeah, just a couple of points. Like it's super small. Yeah. Nothing, it also, nothing breaking. No, it no. also adds uh, very high scoring things that you can buy oh with a mixture yeah. of pearls and lots of other resources. Yeah, so in the Pearlbrook expansion, instead of getting the basic event forest cards like we were talking about where if you had three things, you can put your guy there and get three victory points. They have these wonders. So you can create these wonders. Like I got a wonder, it was 25 points, which yeah. is a lot for this game. And I got the second one, was which was 20. 20 points. And mm-hmm. that's a lot yeah. for this game. Uh, Considering the first game I played, I scored 27 points. Yes. Yeah. But the problem with that is it's going to take you a long time to collect the goods for this wonder. Mm -hmm. So you need three pearls. You need three of everything, essentially. All three of all the goods. And then you also have to discard three cards. You're taking up all your time to gather these goods. Mm -hmm. And it's obvious if someone's doing it because they're not putting down cards. They're just gathering resources. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then you get it. And so when I got it, I got the 25 points, but I had drained all my resources. So I think I only got like seven cards out so it was just like uh, yeah i got a lot of points for that but then the rest of my city was very poor Mm -hmm. i was the stockton (laughs) (laughs) i I could say that because i lived there uh but yeah it just adds a little bit more again it doesn't change the base game it doesn't change how the game's played it just gives you a few more options which is what you want an expansion to do especially if your game already works Mm -hmm. and it absolutely does work (laughs) and it works great like 
I struggle to find problems with this game because the art is amazing. The gameplay is fun. The components are fantastic. The components are out of this world. I, so I first actually saw this game, I want to say, at like Gen Con. I remember. The year mm-hmm. before. And all of us were like stopping and staring yeah. at this game. And it, the line to play it was so long, I didn't get to demo it. It was crazy. Cause, it I mean, like so it has cool. such a presence on the table because it's so colorful. Absolutely. And you have this huge tree that yeah. dominates like the entire board. And, and when I saw it, so when I saw it at whatever, wherever we were, yeah, Gen Pax Con or whatever. Out one of those. Uh, when I saw it, I was like, wow, that's really breathtaking. But the gameplay didn't sound fun to me. Like, it just didn't interest me that much. Because the way they were describing it, I don't know. It didn't catch me. They're like, oh, it's like a worker placement, but you, it's a tableau builder. And I was like, oh, well, okay. Like, it looks awesome, but is mm-hmm. it a game all like? But then when I played it, like, it just everything clicked so good. I was like, oh, I guess I'm an idiot. Like, I should have had this a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, that's the deal. As, as we've, like, kind of matured into being, like, more well-rounded gamers, like, this kind of stuff now appeals to us, I think. Yeah, 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 for sure. And especially, like, that's kind of one of the fun things about doing this podcast is, like, we just have the opportunity to play so, so many, many more games. games. Before, I just wanted to roll dice and kill things. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I those days. I still want to do that. <laughs> but now <laughs> I don't mind placing a worker first. Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you understand that meeples have to be spent in order to... Blood for the blood god. Blood for the blood god. <laughs> what I found the most, like, awesome thing about this game is, like, the attention to detail mm-hmm. and all of the components. Like... When you flipped over that Pearlbrook card crab that was painting, yeah, yeah, I mean, this crab had like a palette of color on the mm-hmm. on like the rock that he was like using to put mm-hmm. on the on his painting. Just the simple fact that a lot of those components, like when Dave, you built that bridge, I read the components for the bridge, and it required the amount of resin equal to the number of torches on the bridge. I did not yeah. notice that. <laughs> uh, Mark, yeah, Mark's deep into this. That, yeah. that is a step above me. You know what I noticed? It was worth twenty points. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Yeah, like it was. It was like unreal. The fact that it would like account for like, okay, here's the number of resin that you need to build this bridge. Yeah, and it also only was built out of three logs. Yeah, well, I mean, they're big logs, <laughs> and. And I should big say big logs and little critters. <laughs> the, the the wonders are are three D. They had to be put together, so mm-hmm. they're big. They're not just like little tokens. They're big three D yeah, tokens. They're yeah. cool they look amazing. Yeah, when uh, you just put like one of those bad boys in front of your tableau, I could see it every time someone starts playing the game for the first time. So you like deal out the cards, and they start looking at their hand, and you they're just like slowly looking at it, and you know they're just <laughs> looking at the pictures because mm-hmm. everything in this like all the art in this game is so phenomenal. It's great. I and love it, the little quotes at the bottom of the cards. Yeah, absolutely. Like with the little critters that you can hire. Yeah. And it, you'll have the postal pigeon, which is kind of whimsical. Like he's got his little postal gear on. He's, he's like, got his little, little uh, aviator glasses. Yeah, little <laughs> yeah. aviators on. He's like doing his thing. But then you'll have something like the graveyard, which is like still animated, but it's like way more ominous and like dark. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, the art is so good in this game. I can't like get over the components and the art. That would be one thing if like you poured everything into that and the game looks great, but it also plays really well, which <laughs> is like, so good. like, oh man, how is this game so good? And I ignored it for so many long years. We were all fools, Dan. <laughs> Ever fool. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to score these separately or just kind of mash it um, all together? I think we need to score them separately score because separately. I have opinions that differ between them. Okay. Ooh, so let's talk about Everdell Collector's Edition first. So uh, nothing with Pearlbrook included. Uh, but first, let's go over to Mark and he'll tell us a little more about the publisher. Everdell published through 2018 by Starling Games. 
uh, they published A War of Whispers, which we saw at uh, PAX, I believe. Yeah. And I should have bought it. Yeah. I was so good. dumb. I was like, this game looks so cool. Do you want to buy it? No. No. <laughs> Why <laughs> would I want to yeah. buy it? Come I should have done it. Uh, so they published A War of Whispers and also Black Orchestra, which we talked about in episode 18. Mm-hmm. Nine out of ten. <laughs> it's a good title. It's a good yeah, title. It's a good title. <laughs> Solid. If I had to pat ourselves on the back, <laughs> that would be the time. Uh, designers uh, for the game, James A. Wilson. Mm-hmm. This is his first game. Oh, well, good for him. Yeah, it's kind of insane that this is the first one. And the art was done by Andrew Bosley, who did Mission Red Planet. Oh, I own that. Yeah, it's a good that. game. That's way considerably different. Yeah, I was going to say that art's nothing like this art. Yep. And then also uh, Cody Jones and Dan May, who did the art for Black Orchestra. Whoa. Also art that is yeah. nothing like Everdell. Yeah, it is definitely Absolutely wild different. how different. Good on them, though, because that Everdell art is good. It makes, me th- yeah, it makes me think that those guys are really good artists. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Once again, far better than me. Yeah. That's not... Hard. Now, stay tuned for my Everdale art. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's rate Everdale. Everdale. Everdale? Uh, it's not Everdale. It's Everdale. It's Everdale. Everdale. I know. Mm-hmm. I say Everdale because I'm ignorant. <laughs> it's just an incredible homunculus because I have some sort of <laughs> monkey man. Uh, so let's ra- rate. Oh, man. Come on. Everdale. On a score of 1 to 10, uh, how many critters would you give Everdale? Who wants? Did I go? Is it my turn to go first? Sure. Okay. I go for it. I certainly gonna, don't try I'm going to give it 9 out of 10. Mm. I, I don't have a ton of knocks. It's not a 10 for me. It's not that I, I dislike any anything nothing's glaring is it that you don't get to kill things after you place your there's no, there's, the problem is there's no dice rolling <laughs> and no one dies but you can clog up other people's you towns you can clog up people's around. towns uh yeah i'm gonna give it a nine it's not a perfect game to me it, it but it is amazing the art is so good and the gameplay is really really fun um again we talked all, a lot about all the components and everything uh so i'll give it nine mark how many critters out of 10 but not using seven would you give everdell oh boy uh-oh is this it Was this, this the... are you doing it so everdell <laughs> this game speaks to me gentlemen is it a two i love the art <laughs> i can't i can't read i'm really bad at reading signals <laughs> i love the art i love the game not good not bad <laughs> not good not bad it's perfectly fine I love the gameplay. We were discussing like it has a total viticulture vibe to it. Mm-hmm. It's it, really chill. It's like very it's super chill. chill. It is a very relaxing game to play. Honestly, I don't care about the score. I just want to do better than the last time I played yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give it a 10. Ew. Give me a 10. <laughs> give me a 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed my experience. Both of, both of my experiences with Everdell. Yeah. I think true. I've actually had more than two, come to think of it. So, we played a couple times. Yeah, we yeah. played a bunch. But yeah. like, I've played it an overwhelming. And that's the, that, I mean, that should be said too. I've played it a lot because my wife won't play a ton of games. So mm-hmm. we're limited on what we can play. And we were trapped in the house together for several months. So <laughs> like we played what we did, but she really liked Everdell. Yeah, I get why. It's a great game. Yeah, it was, it was like one of those deals where... When we played it uh, Saturday, I knew for a fact that I was adding it to my birthday board game lineup. Oh, really? Yep. So we'll add one of the expansions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. We'll add both expansions. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're going a critter-themed birthday, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In case you didn't know, it's Marky's birthday. Woo! Getting old. Yeah. Turning 44. Getting old. Playing with critters. (laughs) Oh, man. I didn't like that. Uh, Dave, Everdell, Collector's Edition, 1 to 10, not using 7. How many critters would you give Everdell? I... In with Dan. I go nine. This game is fantastic. The art is amazing. The components are amazing. Like, we've talked about all of it. It is a great game. 
but I can't quite put my finger on it. It's not quite that's, a 10. That's my problem. I have no visible problems with it. I can't point to something and be like, that's an issue. So at the end of the day, I rate games based upon how much fun I had playing yeah. it. Like, it, realistically, when it comes down to it, that is my overarching why I rate games. Yeah, if you do. think I have some sort of system, nope. you are wrong. how much wrong. fun I have playing <laughs> yeah, it. You are distinctly and wrong. So I put Everdell up against my the only two tens I've ever given, and it just isn't quite as much fun as I've had playing them. Mm -hmm. But that's not really a knock on this game. It's, it is there's a nothing good wrong with this game. game. Mm -hmm. If you like worker placements, if you like things like Viticulture, if you like building a tableau with uh, some minor engine building elements, this game is absolutely for you and should definitely be a thing that is on your shelf. Yeah. If you're Dan from 10 years ago, this game might not be for you. <laughs> if yeah. you're Dan from <laughs> 10 weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we have no complaints about Everdell. No, it's if very, we, very good. If we add the expansion, okay. this specific expansion, Pearl Brook, Pearl Brook, I don't love it. I preferred playing the game without Pearl Brook. And I don't have like... I hate Probrook. That is not true. Yeah. It was perfectly fine. Everything in it worked. I loved the little frog mini. Yeah. Uh, the feel of the pearls was fantastic. But it seemed like what it added was so minor, it almost took away from the core of the game, which I think is so tightly designed. Mm. And so that addition sort of, for me, just made it a little less fun fun yeah and, I, and that's it like i don't just a little less fun and it's not that it's a bad expansion it everything worked just yeah. fine but that's just how i felt about it yeah well dave's opinion's stupid i agree i i, 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 actually, I am all about having trash i actually opinions. like adding pearl work in i like having those few extra actions and adding a little bit different with the with the pearls and having a your individual power which i thought was kind of cool so you have one thing that's a little different than everybody mm -hmm. else's but i really like just adding certain things uh, so i haven't played this game with all four expansions at once because mm -hmm. i think that w might be an issue but maybe <laughs> yeah, not so maybe it'll options. be like amazing maybe it'll like blow my skirt up so <laughs> maybe it'll, maybe it'll kick your bloomers maybe it'll <laughs> knock those bloomers up knock my bloomers up you'll see da, some ankle da, 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 so I, I don't have a problem with Pearlbrook. I mean, Dave doesn't have a problem no, with Pearlbrook No, it's not that either. I have a problem with it. I kind of, I kind of, it's funny because I was like thinking about the differences between game one and game two. Yeah. And I didn't utilize hardly any of the Pearlbrook spaces. Get good. I know. I'm going to have to go with Dave here. Like it doesn't, it's not that it detracts from the, I don't, I don't think that it detracts from the no. experience. It's just not as enriching as I would have thought that that expansion might be i'm super curious to play the other expansions mm -hmm. let's yeah, see definitely. i think i think that's why i like it because it doesn't detract from the gameplay like yeah. you if you want to just use that same base game and ignore pearlbrook altogether you can like because it doesn't punish you for not using it right so which i love so i semi disagree well, and you're off the show. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. Um, and the only reason I disagree is because... You're off the show, but you still have to edit it. Yeah. <laughs> you're off the show after next Wednesday. Also, edit yourself out. <laughs> yeah. Should have a little... Could you, put a, could you put a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode that you've been removed from the show? <laughs> um, so here, here's why I semi-disagree with that. Only because in the base game, when you're buying or getting those extra little victory point things right. that are on the top of the board, when you earn those, they're all like three victory points, mm -hmm. four or five victory points. In Pearlbrook, they were 25 and 20 victory points. Like it was so much that ignoring them kind of led to a loss. And I didn't I came like in that I third that game and I got the, the highest one. one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I disagree. I felt like I spent more time trying to get that bridge than playing the rest of the regular game. And I think I still won that game. But yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
just would rather have played the base game and not worried about it. I like that because it gives you a whole nother option. That is kind of the nice part. Like yeah. if, if for whatever reason you can't get your engine going and you have all of these things. And like, that's why I like it's it. It's cool to be able to cash those in for, if mm, you for big cash prizes. If for some reason you can't figure out how to get your engine running or you're just not good at that type of game, this gives you a different game to play. Mm. So it adds like, okay, now I can at least go for that. And now my score is not seven. Like <laughs> I can get 25. Right, right. I built a post office. <laughs> and also this bridge. I built a post office and I collect 25 <laughs> twigs. Like what else do I? I do. <laughs> I, you know what? I think that actually is a really good point, though, because what is one of my favorite style of board games? Absolutely. I love yeah. engine builders. And mm-hmm. so to me, I felt like I spent less time engine building, which is the thing I really enjoy about right. it, as I spent trying to farm resources to get that 20 point. Bridge. Right. But some mm-hmm. people may not may like exactly just any game of gizmos. Like, I have no idea how to get that I engine. Love gizmos. <laughs> yeah. We'll never play it again. <laughs> I want engines. More engines. <laughs> so that is uh, Everdell. Um, Are we going to rank? Uh, oh, do you want to? I don't know. I don't it's think a, we have to rank. Yeah, yeah we don't have to I would rather talk just talk about it. About it. Yeah. yeah, in the near future, we'll talk about yeah. the other two. We don't want to put a, a time on it. But don't put a time on my it'll... time. <laughs> yeah. So, but that is Everdell Collector's Edition and the Pearl Book expansion. Again, great, great games. You can get your hands on them. I want to say I saw Everdell on Amazon for like 60 bucks, which is well worth it. <laughs> that yeah. is too low for that game. Yeah, especially all the components f- with it, it. It's just out of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are going to do our talkic, and Mark prepares the whole talkic, but Dave and I do most of the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's by, rea- true. by reacting <laughs> by to reacting. whatever it is Mark prepared. Yeah, yeah. I provide the canvas, and you guys make the art. <laughs> There was a ton of hand signals with that. Uh, yeah. So a, this is like a bear hug motion as I so said art. This week's topic, I wrote work placement. <laughs> yeah, this is a work placement program. Yeah, I'm a parole officer. <laughs> is, this, is this a temp job or what? You know what? That would be a good game. You're a parole, parole officer. officer. You're trying to work place people. And All if, right. if they're like, oh, hanging out with criminal crowd, like you have to go bust them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, recidivism. You roll that dice. Yeah, you <laughs> lots of rolling dice to see if they, if they commit another crime. Uh, so worker placement, obviously, is what I think I meant to write. Right, Mark? Worker oh, placement? yeah, worker placement. We're talking Seems, seems worker fine. placement. So worker placement. Mark, tell us all about worker Gentlemen, placement. Gentlemen, worker placement. Tell me about work placement programs. Let's talk about economy, and let's talk about workers, and let's talk about jobs, jobs, <laughs> jobs. <laughs> workers need to stay in their place. That's what I know. That's right. Don't be trying to get out of work. Just do the job, man. You need to keep your worker in a place, especially if somebody's complaining about your worker being in that <laughs> space. <laughs> Like, oh, okay. Oh, you wanted the berries? You, yeah. you wanted these three berries? You want three berries? I've decided I need 20 berries. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like a raise with more berries, sir. <laughs> well, we gave you a 2% berry raise last year, so you're fine. 2%. It's that's, not even cost of living. That's obviously the cost of living, Dave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Since the board game renaissance began, I didn't say like this is probably, probably talking like what, the mid-90s that sort of board gaming has become like more than like rolling moves and like you start to see all these cool permutations. So worker placement is like one of the oldest like permutations of the board game like industry. Okay. Do you guys like give any thought to at all about no. like what, <laughs> what a worker met placement? Us. You've do absolutely give, met us. Do we I do give not. I any thought at all to what? Have you guys given any thought like to what constitutes a, a like a worker placement game? I mean, I think it's if you have workers and then you place them. Dave, I'm what's uh, that? No, I think Dave covered it pretty well. <laughs> 
So there's like four main elements to what makes a worker placement game. Okay. Is uh, the placement one of them? Yes. <laughs> Is a uh, restricted number of spaces in which workers can be placed, causing the player interaction to be mostly blocking another player part of it? Yes. It was it that wordy. It was close. <laughs> yeah, it was close. I didn't I didn't really know how to word that better. <laughs> Just kept going. It was real close, yeah. That's two. I'm looking that's for four. There's four, four big more. ones. Oh, limited amount of workers? Limited. Yep. That's kind of hit dovetails in there with Dave's. Yeah. Thanks for adding more words to my wordy description. <laughs> Uh, how about gaining resources of some sort to then spend on things? I'll cube, give you that one. Cube pushing? Cube pushing in some yes, way, shape, or form. Cube pushing. I remember when we first started playing worker placement games. Uh, we, were so, we were so derisive of the whole poor, thing. Poor Andre. He's like, just try this game. Like, oh, I don't want to trade carrots for cubes, idiot. <laughs> space carrots. <laughs> now that's all I want to do. That's like, I'll trade space cubes for energy. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> that doesn't. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So there are the four main things are, uh, number one, players determine smart. which actions they'd like to take from a menu of different possibilities. A menu? A menu. <laughs> all right. I, all right. I don't love that, but okay. <laughs> I don't love that it's called a menu. Yeah, it's the difference between ordering a spaghetti and like a nice bolognese. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh. all right uh, the second key concept is these actions are shared and are available to all players at the start of each turn mm, okay yeah okay i can see broadly that yeah. broad these are true. very these are very broad concepts yeah obviously like there are different variations of these concepts depending on the game but. all right stop the show and redo it all right. <laughs> <laughs> just i'm just gonna start over start the whole show over. welcome whole everybody, show. Yeah, welcome everybody. <laughs> oh shucky ducky <laughs> um actions are limited meaning each action can only be selected a finite number of times before they are closed off this artificial limit causes tension at the heart of the game uh okay yes. i don't know if i'd call it tension it definitely causes smack talk it does i know what it means by that because i'm like waiting to see is dan gonna put Move your stupid turtles. Is Dan going to put his otter on those three berries again? Every time, every round. Uh, And then finally, that these actions are in contention between the players, meaning once one player takes the determined action, it oftentimes prevents another player from taking the desired action as well. Yeah, suck it, idiot. Yeah. (laughs) No berries for you. It's called the suck it, idiot rule. (laughs) No berries for you. You'll starve to death in the winter. Although, like, I've played worker placement games that absolutely break and or bend some of these rules, but I don't mean that as a bad thing. Like, that's actually one of my favorite things about the modern-day board games. We've taken so many core concepts and then just made so many neat inventions with them all yeah, yeah. i mean that's yeah. the how evolution happens right? oh yeah that's right you Which... take a single cell organism and then you jam more cells into it you, <laughs> yep. you place more cells <laughs> that's, uh, single cell yeah. organism. then you put your workers in the cells <laughs> you carry oats y'all <laughs> i know about science mitochondria are the workers of the cell <laughs> the powerhouses of the cell uh, all right, so which brings us to the other... Um, oh, man, I missed a whole thing. Good Lord. Oh, were there five There's things? five. I read my notes wrong. Oh, wait a minute. This is why we're the real glue that holds this topic together, right. Daniel. It, it sounds like we... My, it sounds much like, like my Chevy Prism. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are all the positive thinking and faith that kept that thing running. It makes us sound so much smarter when you make several mistakes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all good. So these actions cost resources, which is what Dave was talking about. Um, whether they cost like an actual worker to do or yeah. they cost like any other like uh, materials that space you have carrots. to. Exactly. Like, oh, you can do this action if you also pay some money. To you can well. get this space sheep if you have space carrots. Yeah. And you have an aged wine. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'll uh, I'll do a little tour tasting. <laughs> That's how that works, right? 
So the other two less common characteristics for worker placement games is that one, which we kind of talked about in Everdell, actions expand over time, which means the actions the players wish to take become more complex as the game progresses. And two, actions can be player-owned, which means players can monopolize one or more of the options on the board. Uh, The other players can use the actions, but they usually have to pay something to the person who owns the action to use. Mm. So those are ones that you don't see a lot of. One of my favorite uh, ones that actually does something like that was uh, the little tiny brewery game, and I don't recall the name of it off the top of my head. Was it Microbrew? Yes, Microbrew. Excellent work, Mark. Good job, Mark. Dave's game. I know. It's my game. steel trap for all the most useless information I could ever think of. Yeah, you couldn't read the five things on your paper, but you knew the name of this (laughs) game. But boy, I knew Microbrew. We played this game a year and a half ago. Yeah, I got a steel sieve for a brain. (laughs) But in Microbrew, you can't ever block someone from an action, but if they want to do the action, they have to move your worker off of it and give it back to you. You get to go again. So, yep, they give you an action back. Also, Abomination does a similar thing where you pay the person to move their worker. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Get get out of here. Get Get out of here. Here's dollar. (laughs) So I need some bones. Get out of here. I got to get the blood of this in. <laughs> so there's a bunch of worker placement games that don't necessarily restrict you from being able to go anywhere you want, but there will be a cost and that cost will benefit another player. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to figure out if that's worth it. Exactly. You spend a lot of time thinking like, oh man, I got to give Dan how much gold to yeah, do this? Yeah, I do I want to hurt hmm. myself or help someone else? And the, the answer a- is yes. The answer is always hurt myself. <laughs> yes. Yes. The last thing I want is Dave <laughs> waltzing through his stupid engine building. Stupid <laughs> I Dave. need more engines. <laughs> <laughs> so just a quick note about vocabulary here. Like one of the biggest nerd fights I've ever seen on the internet is okay. like people fighting over whether something is a worker placement or an action drafting oh game. boy i couldn't even tell you what an action drafting game is so action it's drafting like from what i kind of <laughs> gathered like an action drafting game is like you draft an action so like you say i'm gonna take this <laughs> yep. action thanks for explaining and then it, all man. of the actions it's, it's like card drafting except with an action i like that you use i know the I definition just, uh, in the title by just rearranging <laughs> the words yes well, that's how i do my research uh the action drafting game is where you draft an action <laughs> draft an like, action oh i hate you is it maybe yeah. like innis where you're drafting cards that contain your actions? Like, Possibly. that would be an action drafting. I mean, I've never, I don't think I've ever played Innis, who or won if this, I have, it's been forever. Who won this nerd fight? Oh, it internet. seems to be ongoing. <laughs> Is the answer no one? <laughs> Yeah. Nobody wins an internet <laughs> no, fight. Nobody, nobody wins the nerd fight. You it's, just create more anger. <laughs> yeah, it's just pounds and pounds of Iran. Welcome to the internet. <laughs> but ultimately, like those distinctions are like so trivial. They're, I couldn't tell you the difference, and I guarantee I've played both of them. Yeah. Really, from what I read, the bigger distinction is between worker placement slash action drafting versus role selection. Oh, like uh, Puerto Rico is role selection exactly. or role for the galaxy is role selection. Yeah. That um, makes sense. So those who've never played those, like role That's selection dumb. is a That's... form of game that precedes worker placement. Uh, in role selection, you select an action, but that action doesn't necessarily block a player from choosing the same action. Or they'll do a less powerful version of it. Like right. Twilight Imperium also yeah. does that. Yeah. Like, Usually like you also get some sort of benefit for being the yeah. first person to do it. Hmm. I do like I me say about that. I do like me some Puerto Rico though. <laughs> what year do you guys think the first worker placement game was released? Hello, here we go. Nineteen ninety one. Ninety one? Dan no, I confident. Feel, I like I feel it. Like it's confident that. and sassy, might I add. Nineteen ninety one idiots. Everybody knows that. I I'm gonna go with the like the nineteen seventy two. Nineteen seventy two. Dave thinks that they were making I think they were older. Making 
games I or think placement games said in 1877. <laughs> <laughs> so they released the Game of Life in 1860, and everyone knows that 12 years after that, the first worker placement game, uh, Kids in the Field, came out. Yeah. <laughs> Kids in the Field. <laughs> uh, it's, the Game of Life with the popular follow-up, Factory Kids. <laughs> Is it like the game of life where you can lose by committing suicide? Yeah, yeah. You can uh, uh, with factory kids. You lose if you get, if your arm gets caught in yeah. one of the machines. Oh, no. You can make uh, seven bonus cans of tuna, but you lose three fingers. <laughs> Everyone knows that Upton Sinclair made Factory Kids <laughs> to shed a light on all the injustices that were happening <laughs> to factory kids. Yeah, there's this whole side plot in Factory Kids where you try to ask for better wages and working hours, and the Pinkertons murder you. <laughs> Guys, I I have a game idea, but I don't want to give it away on the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah copyright 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 the first year kind of a trick question here boys i hate your guts <laughs> is it gonna be like the 1600s or something stupid it's again like go like go well, is a worker placement well in year one <laughs> <laughs> so again in one of the biggest nerd fights on the internet i've ever seen yes like you have a faction of people who say that the first game that was a worker placement game was released in 2005 i'm in that and group. another faction says it was released in 1998 oh i'm in that group <laughs> <laughs> how are you in both groups i've changed i flip-flop yeah he's a everybody flip-flopper. knows that dave i've decided that chess is a worker placement game <laughs> <laughs> that's so dumb <laughs> i'm not surprised that, that that's like, an action drafting game <laughs> That's very, uh, right, pawn move here. <laughs> what are the games that they're saying? Okay, so they're I'll saying, be the judge of this. Final answer. In, in 2005, Kalus. Oh, all right. K-A-Y-L-U-S. I don't know why I thought I would know that game. Yeah. And then the game in 1998 was called Keedum. All right. It sounds <laughs> so stupid. All right, so, they're both right. To go to 1998, at some point in the 90s, there was a UK accountant uh, and game designer named Richard Breeze that played Settlers of Catan. Uh, of nerd. Nerd. <laughs> We're doing a podcast <laughs> about board games. <laughs> I was waiting for more, and it just didn't come. And then the I was end. Like, I don't think we, yeah. of all people, have any right to yell that. <laughs> I'm really, I'm doing a deep dive into the history of worker placement board yeah. games. I, like, I often at work yell people, yell nerd at anyone that's doing math. <laughs> nerd, nerd. Is it, is it jealousy, Dan? Is oh it God, yeah, jealousy? terrible at math. <laughs> He plays Settlers of Catan and then proceeds to design what is like a proto uh, worker placement game. Eventually spawned the biggest hits of the Euro oh, Workers of Catan. Workers of Catan. <laughs> while he had a good time while playing it, he said he did have like one major complaint with the game. And that was uh, when they asked him about it. He said, quote, I enjoyed Settlers, but was never fond of the luck factor inherent in dice rolling. Oh, boo. <laughs> boo. <laughs> I wanted to achieve the same effect, but without the dice, just by direct placement of the workers on the board. Oh, he quoted worker placement. Yeah, oh, yeah. man. Um, so he took the opportunity to begin working to incorporate this concept on his second game, Keedum. In Keedum, players blind bid to perform certain actions on the board. Hello. Keedum doesn't have worker meeples like that we would eventually like come to understand as workers. The blind bid eventually serves that role. Because, I love a blind bid. Yeah, I know, right? And to get a power. So you're blind bidding for... You're blind bidding bid to do a to thing. something. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So like, I like doing things and bidding. Yeah. So essentially Hello, the bid, like your bid is essentially the worker that you're putting on the board. Gotcha. Um, so a lot of people say, hey, that's not like a real deal worker. Doesn't count. That's super specific. Because it's a bidder, not a worker. Yeah, because <laughs> they don't see a worker on the table. Yeah. Is this I a mean, bidder, it really, it's just, a bidder a, place it's just like one of those dumb fights over semantics. Yeah. Because, I mean, like your bid is the worker. I've Re- been on Reddit. Like I've seen <laughs> dumb fights over <laughs> semantics. Yeah. I've been on the internet. I've yeah. started dumb fights over semantics. <laughs> this whole hobby is like rife with rules lawyers. So I'm not surprised <laughs> that anybody would have a fight over semantics. 
he independently published the game in 1998 and premiered the game at Essen. Okay, Essen Spiel. Essen Spiel. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Spiel des Jahres Essen. Yes. I'm just, whenever I'm not sure about something, I'm just going to add Spiel to it. Absolutely. <laughs> Essen Spiel. Worker placement Spiel. <laughs> yep. So within so hours dumb. of premiering the game, the 300 copies that he brought were completely sold out. Dang. Good for him. Yeah. It's a good show. Huge hit. The game would eventually be re-implemented in the year 2000 under the name Aladdin's Dragons. Aladdin's Dragons? Yep. Everyone knows the story of Aladdin fighting dragons. <laughs> yeah. In the <laughs> suit of armor and the sword and the pipe. Yeah, he pulled the sword out of the lake. Just keep saying things. Yeah. <laughs> keep saying things until I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Tetraminos. Oh. <laughs> now I'm on board. Got us now there. I got it. In 1999, there was like a clear case of almost parallel thinking because months after Keaton was released, another game called Bus was released by... Real uh, awesome with titles back then. <laughs> Bus, I know. <laughs> was released by this board game company called Splatterspielen. Oh. There was just a group of people who were like, hey, let's just make board games. That'd be cool, right? Uh, a board game cult. A board game cult? Anytime someone says collective, I think cult. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. The collective is like a friendlier version of cult. I think collective, I think Star Trek, right, Dave? Yeah, the Borg collective is my first thought. Resistance is futile. (laughs) That's what I know about the Borg. You've named named the one thing I know about them. (laughs) Roboheads. Yeah. All all of the integration. Hugh wouldn't assimilate you. Hey, are those, are are the Borg like Wi-Fi compatible? What's the story there? They're 5G. 5G? Is that that 5G? They're subspace Wi-Fi compatible, so it's pretty great. Oh, God. Don't get me started. (laughs) You deserve whatever you get. (laughs) What have I done? This is your fault. I know. So they released Buzz a few months after Keatum and this actually featured meeples like little wooden people that you put on the board and it has like colored bus routes that you would form using your little people wait do I love this game I don't know I I might love I might love this game (laughs) it sounds like everything you're saying makes me happy well it sounds Mm -hmm. like worker placement ticket to ride bus place okay okay I well I hate it now (laughs) described like that I liked it before. But you liked it before. Yeah, not now. All right. The last of these like proto worker placement games uh, was called Way Out West. It was released in 2000 and featured the same blind bid mechanic that uh, Keatum had. Way Out West. Um, while also having like little action tokens that you'd put on the game place. Um, so it was kind of a mix between the kind two. Kind of a mix between the two. Those little action tokens would let players compete to hire cowboys, move cattle, purchase buildings, and even have gunfights in the street. This Hello, sounds up your alley, Dan. I love a Western game. Old is better than space. That's true. Dave is frowning at me. You don't <laughs> You're wrong. No, westerns. Anybody in <laughs> any cowboy could be any spaceman. I mean, that highly depends on the spaceman's armor and nope. weaponry. Also, the spaceman might be able to just, I don't know, bombard the planet from space. Nope. If the cowboy wanted to kill the spaceman, all he'd have to do is just drop a coin into space. Yep. Kinetic that's, energy. That's not Boom. How that works. The cowboy now you're dead. Now you're cow- dead, son. D- now explain to now me who's how, dumb. Explain to me how a cowboy drops a coin into space. space explain to me what they're doing fighting, Dave. Space cowboy. <laughs> I saw that movie, Space, space Cowboys. <laughs> I also saw Firefly. <laughs> Space cow- no, I'm talking about the actual yeah, movie. Yeah, space like Cowboys. The, is this the one with the old men? Yep. And yeah, now, old man Space Cowboy? Old man Space Now they're going back to space for reasons that I don't recall. Asteroid? <laughs> no, that's, that's Armageddon. Armageddon for sure. No, it was like Apollo 13, but with old men. Apollo 13 had Tom Hanks. He's old. Oh, not at the time. Pretty old. Get out of my capsule. <laughs> Get out. Look at my eyes. I am the captain now. Jenny. <laughs> What's That's what he said in Apollo 13, right? He wanted to get back to his wife? What's the, yeah, I believe the line from Apollo 13 was, I'm sorry I ruined your Black Panther party, Jenny. <laughs> Flash forward, 2005. Boom. Kalos comes out. Okay. This is what some people on the internet would say is the first... <laughs> 
is you the first. It. I know. It's <laughs> so saucy. I know what side you're on. Kalos is the Klingon god. What's oh, this boy. game about? Dave, no more Star Trek. Yeah. I'm, I'm, shut you off. You've <laughs> exceeded your limit of Star Trek quotes. <laughs> I can never no, exceed. That one was unwarranted. <laughs> he <laughs> named the true. Klingon deity. No, that's very true. So uh, Matthew Atiyah uh, designed the game, incorporated the tokens to place on the board for players to use, and innovated the concept of making the acquisition of resources a sub-game within the game. Hmm. So now you're competing with people for resources. Mm. I guess it was 2005. For this, some reason, that seems like not that long ago, but 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that long ago, considering like what happened to the Euro game genre. For sure. I used yeah. to hate them. Now I love them. Now you love them. <laughs> Is it because you can't go outside anymore? Is that- no, I didn't want to go outside before. <laughs> <laughs> this design made actions easily expandable while also allowing players to see concretely how they were spending their workers. So you weren't so much like blind bidding. You had a finite group of little workers that you could Work put on the board. as we would know it today. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Kalis was an acclaimed hit during Essen Spiel 2005. Hello. That's learning. Did he sell out? I believe he did. <laughs> Just say yes. It's yes. No one's going to check out. this, Mark. No one's going to fact check that. I don't even know yes. how to fact check that. <laughs> <laughs> did did this game sell out in 2005? Alexa. Then, <laughs> and then print it out and email it to Mark. Yeah, yeah. I need facts and figures, please. Uh, Kalis was uh, an acclaimed hit during Essen Spiel 2005, quickly earning the most buzz- buzzworthy nods from scouting reports for the convention. By the way, in the show notes this week, I have a copy of the scouting notes from Essen 2005. The feet notes. It's incredible. Yeah, it's so weird because it has like every game that was released and then like scores attached to the game. Really? really? Who scored them? People in the industry. Was it idiots like us or was it people that know things about No, I'm sure that if we (laughs) rolled up to Essen Spiel and we're like, hey, we have spreadsheets. Yeah, I'll rate your game. I have a scoring system. (laughs) Yeah. Lunacy. It's judging. It's very subjective. It's based on my enjoyment of the game. Yeah. (laughs) So that's definitely like in the show notes. Take a look at that. That's pretty cool. I, uh, I'll be sending those along to you. All the games are going to be in there? All the games from 2005 SN? The whole thing? It's like a whole document. Curious if there's anything in there that I know. I'm sure there is. I'm sure yeah, there I is. I was like flipping through it, but I was really just kind of interested in like the Kalis. Yeah, I so, guess. Yeah, I mean, it was right so. on top, so I didn't really read any more than that. I'm going to read it. Yeah, Kalis Shoe Stores, by the way. Missed opportunity. Kalis, you say? <laughs> While Kalis wasn't nominated for the Spiel des Jahres, Ugh. it did receive a special award for best complex game called, ready for this, the Sonderpriest Complexes Spiel. Oh, well. well, at least it won that. That's so clever. That's so clever. Gonshom clever. After Kalos, the release of Agricola. Hey. Carrots. No carrots, anybody? Carrots. Yeah. Who wants carrots? Ready for this? By worker placement Wunderkind Juve Rosenberg. Juve oh, yeah. Rosenberg. Old friend. And Steve, uh, sorry, and Stone Age by Bernd Brunhofer. That's a cool name. Yeah. In 2007 and 2008, respectively, cemented the dominance of worker placement as the dominant mechanic in Euro games. Basically, you see all of the like original Euro games were all like very auction-based or majority control games. As soon as worker placement hits, it's kind of like none of those other mechanics really matter anymore. I because want those now other we're placing mechanics. now we're placing workers. Yeah, I that like auctions. Fun. Auction placement. Mm-hmm. I now need to play one of these bidding worker placement games. I know two of them. Because I <laughs> <laughs> well, because I can't like I can point you in the right direction, Dave. I can't think of one that I've played mm-hmm. like where you're bidding for actions. I'm trying to think, and I really can't. And I mean, think not like come up with one. I also yeah, can't it's think. definitely like gone out of vogue. Yeah. For I know. Sure. Like, I can't think of any. I can think of bidding games, but that's not the same. Yeah, you're not, 40, you're not 41 or 40, 49. Come on, dude. Yeah. Get it together. In the, the 40s? 
<laughs> game number 46. What's the best worker placement game? I would have said Viticulture hands down before I gave Everdell be a 10. Oh, what about Pret-a-Porter, though? Pret-a-Porter. You gave that a 10 as well. I, oh, my God. Am I a worker placement, Daddy? You love worker placement. <laughs> oh, my God. That's Wait, so weird. Did you give Viticulture a 10? Or no, still I, think I, gave, I, think, I think I was like too afraid to give Viticulture a 10. <laughs> I was too afraid of the backlash afraid. I could have gotten. Yeah, yeah. I was reroll afraid. Corner. I was afraid. I know. It's due for a reroll corner. So do you like Everdell more than Predaporte or Viticulture? It's got critters. It does have critters. What do you I, think, Dave? I think yes, because it has an engine building mechanic. So therefore, I am biased. You yeah. like Everdell more? I do. Because I enjoy that it's a worker placement game with an engine builder mechanic. I like, I think I like Predaporte more Me because too. I can see myself make, not see myself, I, I don't imagine it, but yeah. I see myself collecting you thread yourself and then making in front of clothes. a sewing machine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I can see it happening on the board. I like, so as I, we've determined, I love like seeing concrete things happen mm-hmm. when you gather resources. So. I like Predaporte more too. Yeah. And I don't know why. It's not a theme that I overly enjoy, but something about it, something I about it do just really like. that itch, right? Right? Yeah, I'm right. a fashion daddy. <laughs> uh, other notable worker placement games, uh, you have Le Havre mm-hmm. in 2008. Fresco in 2010, which I think might have been my first ever worker placement game. Fresco? I like Fresco. Yeah, we played that with Andre. Yeah. And he ricked us. He was so good. What a shocker. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't recall, but that is believable. That's yeah. Like. And I Thank think you, at the time game. I was like, wait, so I sent out a worker and he collects paint and then I mix the paint and that gives me another color. Mm-hmm. That's insanity. And then you yeah. make a painting. Yeah. And then that gives you points. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is, no, no. I, don't, I hate all of this. I like, can't where's do the any dice? of that. Andre, where's the dice? Where's the dice? <laughs> None of my guys have guns. <laughs> uh, Lords of Waterdeep in 2012, Viticulture in 2013, the original, not the essential edition, mm-hmm. and A Feast for Odin in 2016. Feast for Odin's a big game. People really like that. A lot of people love it. I want to get it, but Odin. it's so expensive. Yeah. But maybe one day. Maybe I could trade for it. I got games. I get games burning a hole in my pocket. <laughs> Burn a hole on your shelves. Yeah. So that's basically it. It's like a pretty recent but super influential addition to our hobby. It is crazy to think that all this happened not too long ago. If we were like super into the hobby in 2005, a lot of those like old head board game guys, like yeah. they have such a weird view of history for board games because mm. they're like, oh, I remember like before any of this was a thing. Yeah, I don't. I remember the first worker placement that came out. I'd be like, oh my God, you're so old. And then it's. <laughs> And then it turns out it, turns it might out, be 2005. Yeah, it turns right. out it was like 15 years ago. Yeah. Oh. To me, it's crazy because I, I literally had just moved to Delaware. 2005. 2005. I was, I was 25 as a young man. Yeah, 15 years ago, I think I was still playing like Axis and Allies. And yeah, me too. Thinking sure. that was very advanced. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I don't play Risk. I play Axis and Allies. Yeah. It's, now I'm like, don't play any of those games. <laughs> yeah, it's like I said, it's just very wild. It's like how far the hobby has come so quickly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to see where it goes. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys, like, do you think, like, like for as far as Euro games go, do you think like worker placement is like the apex? One of my favorite things that's, <laughs> that's happening all I could see was me wagging my finger, <laughs> finger in the air. No, so one of my favorite things that I keep seeing happen in modern board games is the melding of mechanics mm-hmm. where you have so many games that we try to describe them and no longer can I say this is an engine builder yeah. this is a worker placement mm-hmm. this is a deck builder now we sit here we're like well this has elements of and then you names five mechanics mm-hmm. I love that that's a trend and I can't wait to see both a way more interesting and unique melding of mechanics and B, new mechanics that we don't even know yeah. exist. It's the same thing with like Euro games and Ameritrash. Like it's so it's such a blurred line now yeah. that mm-hmm. it's 
you still understand what people say when they say them, but the majority of games have some sort of blend of the two. Yeah, right. like more or less luck. That is, that is the yeah, general line absolutely. now. But mm-hmm. what does that mean? Like, yeah. do but, I place workers, but then also roll some dice roll some while dice, I'm right. drafting some while I'm building mm-hmm. a deck? Yeah. Like, yeah. looking at you, Taverns of Tiefenthal or whatever that game <laughs> is called. That yeah. game's got a lot going on. I love <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. That game is a good example because in that game, you have a good five different mechanics going on. Mm-hmm. And it blends and it works so well together and then you have other games that try to blend things that do not work together so i'm excited i'm very excited for the future of board gaming as an industry and i love that we have access to so many games nowadays that no matter what skill level you have no matter what sort of game you're into like we can find you something to come play with us because Mm -hmm. there's something out there that you will enjoy no matter what you're into unless you just hate sitting at a table with us and i understand i get that <laughs> yeah, yeah that's how i feel most times yeah if you've ever sat through one of these podcasts and left feeling exhausted trust me it's way worse in person try this for eight hours <laughs> sometimes when i'm playing board games with you guys i open up tinder and i just look at guys to hopefully be my friend <laughs> like will you guys just be my friend like yeah, i'm just yeah. looking for from some friends here looking for a cool guy to hang out with yeah <laughs> cool guy must love board games must love board games mm-hmm. hanging out at home do you yeah. think if I catfished someone into our board game group, that would be a bad thing? A bad thing for them or us? What? For them, absolutely. For them, for us, yes. I think it's fine. Yeah. Sorry, fine. the lighting was better, and I had filters. <laughs> and I was 20 years younger. Yeah. And a girl. Yeah. Yeah. And I was also yeah. a girl. It's just like that, it's like that Snapchat filter that's literally just turns oh you gosh. into the opposite it's sex. It's ridiculous. Yeah, just going to post that, but like surrounded by board games. Yeah, yeah. It's like a hat, half catfish. Like, sure, I, the person, was the lie, but the board games that was the truth a half fish i love board games it says it right there it also says you're a 23 year old woman well, well i mean uh, what are you gonna do i can't start with all truth okay <laughs> good relationships are built on some white lies <laughs> That's very healthy, Dave. <laughs> so this is the unfortunate end to episode 33. <laughs> it's unfortunate. It's, it's, it's all over. It's an Oh my way God, to this end. is the last episode of my 33rd year. Yeah, it is. Okay. Welcome Are to... you finding some sort of meaning in this? Yeah, I am. Check me and the podcast when you turn 34 in a couple weeks. I mean, I'm already 34 and Dan's past that. So. Way past it. Yeah, it's okay. I'm the baby. <laughs> my, kn- my knees were so healthy at 34. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's episode 33. If you would ever like to email us, give us a game that you might like us to review or just say something nice or mean, whatever. Uh, email <laughs> or us truthful. At, yeah, I don't care. Uh, email us <laughs> Email us at uh, randomdrawpodcast at gmail.com. Check out our Instagram. All the games that we play are on our Instagram. Take a look at those pictures. Give us a like. If you want to actually interact with us and talk in any way, and by us I mean Mark, check out our Facebook page. Mark will lead you in that direction. Go to Facebook.com. Head to that microfying glass. <laughs> microfying glass. Well, yeah, it yeah, makes they, things smaller. It's reversed now. It makes things smaller, and you can talk yeah, into you it. You can use it to burn other people's profiles for their trash opinions uh, on all sorts of things, including ours. So go to Especially that little magnifying ours. glass. Click on it. Search for at random draw pod. I'm right there waiting to be placed like a little worker bee. You just tell me where to go and what needs to be done, and I'll make it happen. I don't I, understand anything. I, all I know saying. is that he's going to get his workers together. They'll unionize. Pinkertons will murder oh, them. Oh, no. That's true. Also, in I've the been, Pinkertons I've been... game, are you the good guy or bad guy? Yes. yes. <laughs> that depends on that's, what side of the ledger yeah, you're on. Yeah. None of your business. <laughs> um, also, uh, I've really tried to be more active on the Twitter page. So if oh, you yeah. have a Twitter, go do the tweeter. <laughs> You open the app on oh, your phone. Old man talk now that you're yeah. 34. I know. I'm like so much less comfortable on Twitter. Uh, you uh, just search for at random draw pod. Uh, I'm also there. 
Hashtag, right, guys? Hashtag? Screaming into the ether about all sorts of, like, <laughs> like that joke I sent to you guys about, uh, to the guy, oh, this is good. Rob, uh, Rob Daviau, about uh, Beyond Sausages, all cramped up in the oh, little cellophane yeah, yeah, wrappers. Like a little... That was a golden one. Def- definitely read that one. <laughs> Maybe you could skip that one. Yeah. <laughs> also, one last thing. Okay. I can only assume it's because of the massive brow beating that I laid down on New Mexico last mm-hmm. week, or last episode, for not <laughs> having subscribed and downloaded to the podcast. Yeah. We had our first download in Montana. Because they heard I was coming for them. They knew, <laughs> they knew what was going to They knew be what next. was up. So shout out to the one person in Montana who wanted to spare Montana that fate. Mm. <laughs> yes, good job. You've saved the whole state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, New Mexico, I'm disappointed. Not mad, just yeah. disappointed. Like I, we had a whole conversation. Just like my mother. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, by next week, he'll be 34 years I'll of disappointment. I'll be 34. And you know what happens when you turn 34? You go nuts. Whoa. You go nuts on states that don't download your podcast. So New Mexico, I'm here's 34. the deal. I've seen, you, I've seen it happen, Dave. Still just, zero in New Mexico. Sorry, Mark. I just checked. New Mexico, also get Alaska. it together. I, I, I don't even know. <laughs> next up are the Dakotas. So listen. <laughs> You, you're on notice, Dakotas. <laughs> after after we're done with New Mexico, I'm going to North Dakota. I'm curious who you're talking to right now. Anybody. <laughs> like, I just listen. I, or, you're just have... on your porch in your rocking chair, screaming at the yard. Yep. This is why my rocking chair needs to have Get stops. on my podcast. Get on my podcast. <laughs> Get off my grass. And now for something completely different. Daniel, do you remember last episode when you told a story about how you felt fatter than you'd felt in a long time? <laughs> I do recall that. My foot is healed. Do you, nice. Just so you know. <laughs> do you remember how Amber laughed at you? Yeah, I recall. I have a story about hanging out with Amber last week. Is she still laughing about it? Nope, that I think you might find interesting. Okay, so, let's hear it. I'm prepared. So I took Amber out on the pontoon boat, uh-huh. and we're hanging out, and uh, I said, hey, the tide's still coming in, so we're fine. Like, I threw the anchors out. We go to a sandbar and hang out. And so I was like, wow, we don't have to worry about, like, you know, moving the boat because the tide's coming in, so it's not going to beach. So we're hanging on the sandbar for a while. Amber goes at one point, and she hops up onto the front of the boat. So she's sitting on the front. She's got her legs dangling toward the water. She looks up and goes, hey, guys, I think the tide's actually coming in more because my feet don't touch anymore. (laughs) She's on a boat that's floating. (laughs) And (laughs) Well, listen. She knows about a few things in life. <laughs> not tides. You know, That's I can't true. even make fun of that because I've said some real dumb uh, stuff in the it day. Was, it was my favorite thing, too, because I walked over and I was like, Amber, let me change the tide. And then I sat on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Now it's farther in. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. hilarious. Anyway. Oh, yeah. boy. As, so I got a good laugh at her expense. So I love like, it. I feel like I, I took yeah. one in the back for you. Took one in the back for you. What? Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. What? I got your back. That's Maybe getting closer. Yeah. <laughs> you certainly did not take one in the back yeah. for me. <laughs> uh, that's very good. Y- yikes. Yeah. I love it. What's going on with this dude's hair? We have to look at it. I don't know. It's clearly Jersey Shore, bro. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the last time I saw somebody wear a hairdo like that. Uh, Guile. <laughs> Guile from Street Fighter. <laughs> Underrated movie is the Street Fighter flick. He's here to do two things. Talk about the riots in Portland and Sonic Boom. Yeah. <laughs> is it underrated? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Van Damme? Um, I mean, it's not Van Damme's best work, but it is, uh, what's that guy's name? Raul Julia? Yeah. 
That uh, I mean, you think that, that's his best work. I wouldn't say it's his best. He took that but movie you know what? First he was kids. he was the guy. He was the one who sold it, man. He took that that uh, first kids. That was his last movie. I heard about that. Yeah, he was like one first or something. Kids? Yeah, yeah, because his kids were big Street Fighter fans. So he he wanted to give the roles in Bison. Oh, he was okay. really sick during that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, he, he was diagnosed with terminal. What was it uh, bowel cancer? And something, and he yeah. died shortly after. I guess. Oh mm-hmm. man. Yeah. What an uplifting story this has been. Well, I he did it for his kids. Man. I do like it because, like, I just like it when I like a, an actor of like Dice. esteem or gravitas. <laughs> Depends on the actor. <laughs> <laughs> just like is allowed to get, get into a movie and then just chew that scenery. I, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this just is like for sure, like a, a Mark cinephilism. <laughs> yeah, what are yeah. you talking about? You know, like scene, like uh, okay, you're so, talking about uh, how amazing Raul Julia was in Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I realized that that might be. <laughs> kind of a con- contrarian take. Let's but. let's talk about another fantastic movie in that genre, the Mortal Kombat series. Oh. I like the Mortal Kombat series. That yeah, that soundtrack banged. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> that was a legit soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like one of those deals where like occasionally you'd hear it on the radio. I had it, it so on hyped. cassette. And you it was, had it on cassette. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. Good. I expected a track. No, no, I had, no. It on <laughs> I had it on cassette. It was good. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that movie in a minute, but I do remember the scene where Sonya blade breaks kano's neck yeah with her legs with her legs yeah yeah that one stuck out to me as young I boy remember. for reasons <laughs> <laughs> yeah hello i first saw Doesn't that movie so bad. at a friend's yeah. house on laser disc oh i saw terminator 2 on laser disc mm, was it good <laughs> was it terminator 2 is always good but yeah. i mean i couldn't tell the difference no i was just like wow that's uh, that's a big dvd <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't even that because it was before dvds were even prevalent it hey, was man, like why's that record so shiny it was like yeah that's what it was like yeah. oh i've seen it on vhs or tv and they're like, well, I have Laserdisc. And I was like, that's cool, I guess. <laughs> One time my dad and my uncle were like watching a Laserdisc movie. And mm-hmm. so like it was back in the day when my uncle was still living with my grandmother. Okay. And so this like, story needs a flow chart. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's fine. Just go with it. <laughs> anyway, so I just roll back there and they're watching Laserdisc. And it turns out they're watching heavy metal. Oh boy, that's not for kids. And my dad was like, out, out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, remember that bit from The Simpsons where grandpa walks into the brothel and has his hat and he puts it on the rack and then he sees Bart and he turns right back around and puts his hat back. Never no, mind. no. I've seen right. The Simpsons, but it has been quite some time. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. seen Heavy Metal and Hot Take. Don't like it. No, no. That movie's well, not mean, great. It's not great, but it is also very much not for kids. Yeah. yeah. Not, not for the it's, children. A, it's not for children. And B, I did zero drugs or alcohol. That's, the, that's where you messed up. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I yep. think that made me immediately not the target audience that's for where that you, movie. That's where yeah. you my had favorite, your misstep. My, my favorite thing was that it got a sequel, like Heavy Metal 2000. I did not see Heavy Metal 2000. I didn't Neither see did it I. either. Call me crazy, but I yeah. was kind of yeah. like, yeah, I'm good. I saw the first one. And then I didn't care for that much. <laughs> I guess if it comes to Netflix, I'll yeah. watch it. <laughs> Uh, I can rewatch Star Trek more. I don't need to watch Heavy Metal. 2000. I need new experiences sometimes. I'd watch eh, Heavy Metal. 2000. I'm gonna watch like if it were on Netflix for free, and I didn't have to go hunting for it. Yeah. I think tomorrow or Friday I'm gonna watch that Jamie Fox movie on Netflix. Project Power. Yes, Encino That's Man. Jamie Fox is not in Encino Man. I like wrong, it though. Wrong Jamie. Yeah. Or wrong name, Fox. Name it, let's play a game. <laughs> wrong name, everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wrong everything. Name a Jamie Fox movie. Uh, the one where he drives a taxi for Tom Cruise. Yeah, that you named okay. the worst Jamie Foxx movie. <laughs> uh, De Django Unchained. Oh, wait, no. Django Unchained. Stealth. The That's D is the worst Jamie Foxx movie. Ooh, Stealth is He's bad. only in it for like 
I think three seconds. Yeah, he it's died. shocking. Yeah, it's like wait, I thought this was a Jamie Foxx. That's movie. the old, that's <laughs> the old so bait dead. and switch, yeah. man. Why is he so dead? <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's so that they could build the movie as a Jamie Foxx movie, but not pay him lots of money for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, they it's build true. it as a Jamie Foxx movie, and what you got was a Jessica Biel movie, and those are two separate. That things. is two different experiences. Yeah. I would like, I prefer no, it that you. way though? No, 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 no. no you <laughs> nope. don't. Yeah. Nope. Have you seen Stealth? No, no. That would solve that question for you. Would it? Would it? It's not good. I don't know because I've seen Jamie Foxx drive a taxi. Yeah. Or Tom Cruise. Who was worse than that movie? Jamie Foxx or Tom Cruise? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's your favorite Tom Cruise movie? Mm, I have one. I, I think I know what yours is. Really? Is I it Oblivion? So. It's not Top I think, Gun if that's I what you're thinking. I think you like Cocktail. <laughs> no. <laughs> I like Elizabeth Shue, but I don't care for Cocktail, the movie. Probably one of the Mission Impossible. I bet you like Top Gun a lot, too. No, I, I like Top Gun. That's not even close to what my favorite Tom I like, Cruise is movie. It, I like all the Mission Impossible. I like guessing your favorite Tom Cruise okay. movie. <laughs> um, is it Vanilla Sky? <laughs> no. <laughs> is it <laughs> is that Vanilla Sky? Uh, I bet you'd be a big like Mission Impossible 1 fan. No. No? I mean, I like it, but what? Huh? <laughs> Is it Tropic Thunder? Oh, no, I is Tropic Thunder, Thunder your favorite Tom Cruise Tropic movie? Thunder, but it is I not. I was just talking about Tropic Thunder <laughs> earlier this week. Also, most people don't realize Tom Cruise is in that oh, movie. Yeah, he's funny and he's great yeah. in that movie. Yeah, yeah. but no, I, you're never gonna guess. Yeah, I'm never gonna guess. Uh, it. Edge of Tomorrow. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's you know what? I love that movie. Great. Yeah, yeah, that movie's great. Yeah, that movie's it's good. pretty good. Yeah. yeah. No, it's great. It's Mark. pretty good. Didn't they rename it like Live Die Repeat or something? Live Die Repeat. Although yeah. I did like the novel's name, which was All You Need Is Kill. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, that is that is the best title of those three. I mean, I don't hate any of those. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. All of this is yeah. fine. It was good. Well, what's your favorite Tom Cruise movie? Oh, um, is it uh, Days of Thunder? No, you're a big I don't. NASCAR I don't like. Fan. I don't like. I don't like early Tom Cruise. Uh, <laughs> I, like I know you guys business. are gonna think that I'm gonna say uh, Vanilla Sky, Eyes Wide Shut, and that is not true. I don't know. I think Vanilla. I. I think I might know Mark, but let's hear it. Is it? Is oh, is it Last Samurai? <laughs> Last Samurai is fine. <laughs> I like Last Samurai. Fine. Oh, I'm blanking on the name of the movie. The one where he is in... the best of the, the, is it <laughs> Name the movie? any actor. Yeah. <laughs> name <laughs> any actor not in Star Trek. Yeah. Is it the movie where he is a detective and he arrests people for committing future crimes? Minority Report? Minority yeah. Report. I mean, that was pretty good, too. I, I think my like favorite that. Tom... I think I'm, I'm a big fan of the original Mission Impossible, I think. After I said it out loud, I was like, yeah, the movie's good. What's the one with Philip Seymour Hoffman? That was a good one. Because uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's so good. Two, three, five, two, two How many three? are there now? Lots. Like there's like they don't even go by numbers seven. anymore. No, they just have I think the last one was like what fallen. I don't know. I Mission don't know. Impossible anomalous Fallout? name after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They stopped making like Mission Impossible. Tom Cruise still does his own stunts. And I like. Yes. I like a lot of the actors in them. Like I like Jeremy Renner and um, the guy with the messed up head. <laughs> Is it Seal? I like oh. Seal. <laughs> I like Seal from the one thing I know Seal from. Is it? <laughs> Is it the song "Kiss by a Rose"? <laughs> yep. <laughs> J.B. Renner is such a controversial figure in really? our place. Yeah. Oh, really? I'm, I'm like pretty pro Jeremy Renner. I like Jeremy Renner. Like, I, I liked him when I saw him in the town. Oh, man. Go really great good. in the town. I like how good of a shot he is with a bow. Yeah. Yeah, I think that might be Dave, you need to watch magic. more movies. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, is it Star Trek? <laughs> let me tell you, I wasn't a fan of Jeremy Renner when they he was in Born, <laughs> the, whatever it was. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I was I, like, wait a minute. No, no, no. Listen, bring Matt Damon back. <laughs> I've seen one of those Bourne movies. Oh, really? Yeah, they're, they're all pretty good. good. Yeah, they're all good. Mm-hmm. That Jeremy Renner. I Name mean, the that, best Matt, Matt Damon movie. All of the Bourne. Uh, <laughs> I thought Elysium was pretty okay. I didn't mind Elysium. Was, I didn't love it, but it I, I didn't mind it. it whenever you guys fine. ask me a question like this, I have to go through like all the sort of okay movies. and then like. Oh, well, see, and I have the opposite problem. I have to try to think of the two 
movies I can maybe name, and then <laughs> I immediately question whether I have the right actor. Yeah, <laughs> you name the, two, and he's not in either. Yeah, that's, that's the more of my life. Best Matt Damon performance was in Team America: World Police. Oh yeah, he <laughs> nailed that have, role. I hate to tell you guys, but Matt, that may not have been. <laughs> I think it actually Matt was. Damon, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think His portrait. Dude, well, I think he because he got brought in with uh, Clooney because Clooney's oh, friends yeah. with those guys. So he like he just came in and did all the Matt Damon's. Dude, if I was famous and they were doing something like that, just straight making fun of me, I would absolutely volunteer to voice myself. You don't. I think that's hilarious. Some of those people got big old egos. Matt yeah, Damon seems like a pretty stand up guy. It's talented Mr. Ripley. I didn't see it. Come on. I didn't uh, see it. Or the Cider House it was fine. It's clearly we bought a zoo. <laughs> Is it we bought a zoo? <laughs> was it uh what's the one where he's on Mars? Uh I didn't the see Martian? That. The Martian. The Martian, yeah. No, I didn't see that. It was I, that dude can grow potatoes. It was not as good as the book. I am that is the only thing I can ever say. No, there's two movies I could say it's not as good as the book. It's Ready Player One oh. and it's that the Martian. You can't even mm-hmm. just say Ready Player One is not as good as the book. You can say it's a different story. Oh, this is a different like movie. A, oh, it's an entirely different movie with a different plot line and different things that happened with the same title did you know in november ready player two will come out really what from the same same author do you think that will wheaton's gonna do the uh audiobook will wheaton is not my favorite narrator he's not mine either but he nailed that one he was good at that one but it was also the first audiobook i had ever listened to so i was like this is good but then i've heard so many like way better like Will Wheaton does Will Wheaton voice the whole mm-hmm. time through, yeah. which is fine. But some of those dudes are really talented. Sometimes mm-hmm. I actually prefer audiobook narrators that just read the book and don't try to do a different voice for each no, character. Give me inflection. Uh, my favorite actor who ever did an audiobook was Paul Rudd. Read um, Tishimigo <laughs> Blues by er- uh, Elmore Leonard. I didn't know any of the words you just said. I understood I, Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Paul Rudd is where it ended. Yeah, and then so he, it was like just an ensemble of words. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so, didn't get Paul Rudd is. Tishimigo blues great i don't you're still saying it yeah what is it it's called the tisha mingo blues Mm -mm. it's a crime novel written by what's your favorite paul rudd movie Clearly, it's when he hmm. shrinks and gets bigger. Yeah, I like that one a lot. That one makes me think that maybe there's hope for me one day. Like maybe, maybe I'll find a device that makes me taller. That'd be great. The Can't Man. And then suddenly it can go back in time now. I don't know. Uh, Paul Rudd's been in a ton of good movies. I like Paul Rudd. Yeah. I like the one he was in with Marshall. I don't. I hate oh, that show, I but you, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. I like that you got that, despite the fact that I, I, it was, I, I, I mean, honestly, I, I missed. I didn't know who Marshall was, but I thought you were talking about forgetting Sarah Marshall. That's mm. a great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. I'm yeah, sorry. also starring me. Marshall. <laughs> Just give me the most dismissive wave of all time. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I love Forgetting Terra Marshall is one of my favorite movies. I Here's can watch that all the time. Better than those Sandler movies everyone's going on about all the time. <laughs> Stupid Adam Sandler. Well, the new Sandler movies are terrible. I haven't seen, I saw part of Uncut Gems. That was too rough to watch. All the critics were saying like, oh, it's so raw. Like, ah, it just seems awkward. Like, it all seems just, mm-hmm. I don't like it. I miss movies. Is that was supposed to be? Okay. Is that the end of your sentence? Yeah. Like, go, you mean going to just the going theater? going to the movies, yeah. So, weird opposite take. Okay. I don't think I miss that. And if I never go to the movie theater again, I'm okay with that. No, I like I, going to some movie theater. Movies. I, I love it. I love the whole experience. I like going to the movies. Is it because you're anti-popcorn? Yeah, it's because it smells like buttered popcorn, which makes me a little <laughs> nauseous. And then half the time I go, it's like I'm cursed and there's yeah. some child screaming despite the fact that people it's a rated the, R movie. People are the worst. So I have two takes on that. If it is an adult movie and there are kids in there, shame on Look, the parents. If it is a child's if, movie and you are in there, shame oh, on you. If, when I went to go see the Lego right. movie, yeah. I had no right to be upset about children right. being there. I saw the Lego a movie. Children's movie. Absol- and They're I get supposed that. to be there. And yeah. let me tell you, I had no problem yeah. with it. 
But when I go to see the midnight showing of a rated R movie <laughs> and there's a toddler jingling his keys the entire movie, it's I do probably, have the right to be upset about that. In the toddler's that. defense, I bet it was the parents jiggling the keys. I was, and in my defense, <laughs> I was really angry at the parents, not the toddler. Yeah. yeah. My well, favorite. Yeah. I mean, it's not the toddler's fault. No, it's a toddler. I'm, I'm sure the toddler also didn't want to be there. Oh, yeah. The toddler for sure didn't want to be there. Also, it was one of the Planet of the Apes movies. And oh. every time a monkey came on the screen, the toddler would make monkey noises. <laughs> and I... And I wanted to punch the parents so hard. Was it the also, Mark Wahlberg bro, one? It's, it's an eight. So yeah, was it the Mark it's Wahlberg? Not, it's not a monkey, dude. It's an eight. Uh, no, no, no. I no. heard you had a baby. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. No, it was going to say hello to your mother for me. It was the Golem ones. The Golem. I didn't see any of those, oddly enough. No, they're um, pretty good, actually. My favorite Dave Hubbard movie going experience memory is... <laughs> Go on. I, I don't even remember, remember the movie. I can't wait for whatever this is. I don't is. even Dialogue remember the, the movie. It's going to paint me in a positive light. Oh, yeah. Sure. You know it is. So my, it was it was so funny. It was I don't even remember what movie we were seeing, but it was you and me, and there was these two kids behind us that kept hitting your seat. And in the middle of the movie, Dave Hubbard <laughs> yep, loses his temper and says, "Children." <laughs> <laughs> Except I said it meaner than that, but yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. I said. I said that one word. <laughs> and it was so funny because, like, I just felt like a withering energy was like happening behind us because I was like, I want to die right now. <laughs> like, let, let me tell you, it worked. Yeah, they didn't I, they touch stopped. your seat again. No. I might like go into the movies more now. I haven't done it. So, but I hate when people sit next to me that I don't know or around mm, yeah. me or, or around behind me. me. So I think like this would me. cut that all out. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's not allowed. And I know I saw probably not, none of our theaters around here, but some of the major theaters. We're offering like five dollar movies or half price popcorn. Or AMC like, is doing fifteen cent movies for their like hundred year anniversary or whatever. Yeah, yeah, sure, it's for their hundred year anniversary, it's, not for yes. please come watch our movies right. and buy please, our goods. Please, good lord, come watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. I, am. I might like it more now. They're showing like all old movies now, which is kind of cool. Which I'm about. Like, yeah, there's been so many times I've almost went to see one of those movies at Midway. Yeah, like an old, like, like the old Ghostbusters like or whatever. Ghostbusters. Uh, How Jaws. much money do you think it would be to rent out a theater for like one showing of a private movie? Like our local theater is not that busy. I, it would be cheaper there. I'm not sure, but I do know that at one point there was a. I, I read <laughs> this news you. story. That yeah, like for <laughs> our friend group. <laughs> for that, like just Dave's in the middle. You I, know what? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I, so there was this news story where these two guys released a movie, like when the pandemic started. And they had the number one movie in America because they rented out every screen in a <laughs> local theater. <laughs> and it was like some really cheap, like That's independent hilarious. film. Yeah. It's fantastic. And they had like the number one movie in America for about three days. <laughs> Five bucks on the sales. <laughs> because because there, nobody was showing movies. Oh, and they rented out all that's of so them. fun. I would start writing scripts for Hollywood and make sure they knew I had a number one movie under my belt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. As long as they don't ask what it was. Yeah, no more, no questions <laughs> asked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was it one of like the Marvel movies? No, no, ma'am. I'm sorry. You'll have to no. check no, the No, it numbers. was in that genre, <laughs> though. Yeah, I mean, it was a Marvel that it was screened at all. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Mm -hmm. uh, so many years ago, my uh, college had a like massive auditorium room, and I had some friends on the security team, and so we would go <laughs> super cool guys. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're all real neat, real neat gentlemen, real, real chick magnets. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just wait till you hear what we did. If oh, you want to know, no. chick me magnet. and my boys on the security team are totally <laughs> fly. We would go hook up the original Xbox to the massive screen and then play Halo like four player. Yeah. So that mm -hmm. each of us had like a massive and the ladies just screen. flooded in. There. Oh, yeah. You yeah. like you wouldn't believe yeah, much you. like the antagonists of Halo. <laughs> 
<laughs> they flooded into the auditorium. Oh, oh, I get it. The I get flood. it. The flood. Yeah, the flood. I, it. The flood. I hate that joke. I don't know That's what else it. you guys expect from me at this point. That's um, it. Arsenio. What was the name? Remember his name? What was the name of the knockoff McDonald's in Coming to America? McDowell's. Yeah. You have been doing. Please, You've been doing a lot of Arsenio. Oh my God, so much! I don't know where it came from. I don't even know what's going on. I was teaching Kira. She's like, I hate that. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean, I understand. I get it. I hate it too. <laughs> I hate me for doing it. Yeah, what do you want me to do? You did it the other day, and I was like, Arsenio, baby. Arsenio, baby. What year is it? That's my new uh, catchphrase yeah, thing. Yeah, that was like 30 years ago, man. What are you, I'm almost 40. What I do you want it. me to do? You're just reliving the glory days. <laughs> looking back on was, my... Was 10-year-old Dan your glory days? Yeah, Arsenio, baby. Wait, when was Arsenio up? I think we've I'll already established that Dan worked in a Reagan coal mine as a young boy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he would just count the hours Ars- before he got to leave his Wait. shift, yeah. go home and watch the Arsenio Hall show. Yeah, he would count all 12 of his hours. Arsenio. Arsenio. Hall <laughs> show. Let me see when this was on so I could tell you. If Probably was, like late 80s, right? This was my prime time in life. It was only on for talk six seasons. 89 it started. Yeah. 89 to 94, so I was 14 and 94. So maybe that was the prime of my life. <laughs> Could have been. Watching Arsenio. And <laughs> it's been downhill ever since our friendships began. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is my low point. This yeah. now is my low point because there's not one dog barking. Man, <laughs> you should start it up again. I am. I know. Haven't you noticed? That's how we're gonna. That's how we're gonna enter the podcast from now on. That's how I'm gonna. Whenever you guys make a good point, I'm gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> and for people listening at home, I am doing the arm movement. He is Don't doing, you worry. He's doing the windmilling arm that's thing. That's how you know it's serious. Yeah. That's, well, that's, I, that's how you know what I'm doing. I'm not just, do, just making the noise. Come I'm not on. just the, some idiot dog barking. Yeah. Uh, or do you want to do a show? Let's yeah, do, a show. do a show. I'm ready to do a show. How long was that that we wasted? Uh, 33 minutes of complete <laughs> wasted data. It was a lot of. Somewhere there's a com- there, there's a computer screaming. It's a lot of bits of waste. <laughs> it was. A, <laughs> it was a lot of. I'm sorry. What it was is a computer. this person's best movie? <laughs> what is Amy Adams' best movie? Also, name 80 Amy Adams movie. Uh, I get her confused. Oh no! Wait. It was she in uh, wedding. Crashers? Because if so, then it's I wedding do, crashers. I get, I get I all those. I get, Here, like, I have the any like redheaded wait actress, red just, and or blonde haired white actresses in Hollywood. Like Emily Blunt, Amy Adams, Rachel McAdams. Emily Blunt me. has an accent though. They're all the same to me. Oh wait, no, that wasn't Amy Adams. Wedding uh, Crashers was Isla something. No, no, that was she was in that. But we're talking about the girl from Eurovision. Yeah, what's her name? Don't know. <laughs> Don't Not know, Amy Adams. Don't know, dog. I think that's Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams, and she was in Wedding Crashers. All yeah. I know is that at one point during Eurovision, she turned sideways on stage, and the way the spotlight was on, like her mole just cast a shadow back... <laughs> down her entire face and i it's all i could look at and i'm not saying it was even bad it's just like all i could look at in that moment attention grabbing so here is some movies that you may select from okay for, for this is for this is for rachel mcadam okay the notebook oh okay i mean, have seen that mean girls okay have not seen that. wedding crashers have not seen that eurovision right. uh-huh sherlock holmes oh because she plays what's her name ada wong <laughs> <laughs> that can't no. Be. No, that's not no. Ada Wong. <laughs> no. Or, or no. my actual personal favorite from this list, Game Night. Oh, oh Game Night. I do like Game, Game Night. Night. It's so pretty good. good. That's a good movie. I was shocked by how good Game Night Me was. Me too. That's the one with the Jason Bateman in yep. it, right? I feel like, Dan, we watched that at my place when we all lived together. I think so. Because Amber and I went to the movies to see it. And then we're like, you guys got to watch it. Yeah, this. you guys rented it and brought it home. And we're like, watch I, this movie with us. Irene Adler, right. you idiot. Irene Adler. Adler, not Ada Wong. <laughs> Certainly not Ada <laughs> not Wong. Ada Wong. Definitely not <laughs> Ada Wong. <laughs> all right. Ada Wong. 
if it was, I suddenly feel real different about that movie. Yeah, well, yeah that seriously. Movie was really weird then. It's an odd case of whitewashing. Yeah. Ada <laughs> Wong. Game over, man. Game over!